On a week where Austin St. John got indicted on federal wire fraud. Welcome, listeners, to Podcast ONA. Hello, everyone. Hello. It already be morphing time, maybe? I just can't get over the fact that his real name is Jason. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Almost as weird as, like, honestly anything else this fucking week. Uh, okay, I, okay, I mean, okay, I mean, I'm sure at the very least he's having a better week than Elon Musk is. Okay! <laughs> oh, God. So, big boomer energy rating off of that fucking... No, it, it's not even just boomer energy. It is... Elon Musk is the most divorced man alive. <laughs> He's having a mental breakdown, costing him several billion dollars a day. Costing every single company associated slash in bed with him millions upon trillions of dollars a day. Even to the point that he said the following tweet. This is real. I have a challenge to this liar who claims their friend saw me expose. Describe just one thing, anything at all, scars, tattoos, etc., that isn't known by the public. She won't be able to do so because it never happened. Which is... That is some Trump level... What the fuck are you actually accomplishing right now, buddy? Literally shut your mouth. I feel like I missed some weird piece of news. I'll say that much. Oh, the, the news The news is that somebody has accused Elon Musk of exposing himself and sexually harassing them. Because he's a rich man with a lot of money, so of course. Of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I can't imagine why Grimes would want to be away from that fuckhead. No, no, you don't understand. What rich people do with their money is build elaborate facilities for golfing. Uh, that, you know, if, if I had that kind of money, I would just do the thing from Tropic Thunder that Tom Cruise did and just have a giant TV with Wii Sports playing at all times. <laughs> oh, I thought you were. I thought you were going to put on like a bald cap and then do a really cool dance at the end. He could have gone quite a few ways with that. So, uh, I need to watch. I need to watch the movie again. It was a good movie. I, I there was a couple ways I could have gone with that. I decided to play it safe. You took the vaguely high road. I took the vaguely high road instead of going the method acting role. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah. Okay. Well, here we are. <laughs> for uh, another rundown of shows. Sorry it's a little late. We've had some scheduling issues. Uh, Duelist has been in the uh, health and safety protocols for a while. Life events. It's great. Yeah. As in not fun at all. Yeah, I'm glad you're feeling better, man. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stay vigilant, folks. We're not out of the woods yet. On the one to five scale, the five being the worst... I'd say right now we're at a three, maybe three and a half. Not deadly serious, but serious enough to, you know, stay alert. I mean, uh, as I, I mean, the overall death got apparently just crossed one million, so, uh... Yeah. Yeah, uh, don't start taking off this mess. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna keep that mask on and around at all times, so yeah. Yeah. Just, just be smart when you're around people, and uh, in the case of some conventions, bullying large entities continues to work. Man, mm-hmm. so I saw a fucking cosplay of somebody who was at Anime Central who was dressed as, like, Shrek in the night, in, like, the night mask, and it's him holding the Varquad bead, but instead of Farquad, it's the Asen character logo with the text, Some of you may die, but it's a sacrifice I am willing to make. Oh, that's bold. That is bold. <laughs> Which is, like, maybe one of the rawest things I've seen all day, maybe all month. <laughs> Oh boy! <sighs> yeah. So, uh, if you're all going to conventions this summer, uh, you know what to do. Don't be an idiot. Especially if uh, this weekend you're going to anime's animazement uh, in Raleigh or Anime Boston in uh, Boston. God, is that this weekend? There some in- in- Shit, it is. Yes. God, there are some interesting events happening there, which we will talk about uh, next time. Oh yeah, probably. I'm good for at least another. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm going to one in July, but I should hopefully be okay. I'm hoping Connecticut's cool and keeps it's the things. It's been up. weirdly quiet on the news front of late. <laughs> no, it hasn't. Uh, no, 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 it has not. There's been a little too much going on lately. <laughs> which, uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to whittle some stuff down for our next show, but uh, that'll be then. This is now. Yes, this is now, and with the now comes, well, this. Let the spring season rundown begin. And as usual with this season, uh, it's a bit of a bit of a beefy season that we have uh, to uh, go through here, in which. Uh, our and the rest pile is especially sizable this time around. There's a good amount of stuff that I actually do want to talk about and stuff that I actually have been keeping up fairly regularly with. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, as usual, we like to start with the holdovers from uh, the previous season, in which we have uh, Q, the show that uh, I don't think anyone watches, and... Requiem of <coughs> Requiem of the Rose King, which more people should watch. Requiem of the Rose King is one of those shows I really do need to get around to getting back on the horse with. I think I want to watch that one with Steph, because I think she'll be enjoying that. But we're just finally getting around to Ranking of Kings, which... Fuck Ranking of Kings is good, by the way. Can concur. I know that's old news, but I'm finally actually watching it, and that shit's incredible. Yeah, I want to get back to that. Requiem of the Rose Kings. All I'll say is... I don't know what it... I know people are complaining about that skipping a lot of stuff, but it also seems like it's been a long-running shoujo manga that has a lot of material it can or wants to try and cover at this point. Hmm. I don't know. I, I think I would need to see how poor it is for myself, but at least in the few episodes I saw, it, it still seemed pretty serviceable. Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't finished the first 
uh, core of Q, but I enjoyed what I saw of it. I do not believe you. Not bad. I, I know you're telling me that you've watched Q. I don't believe you've actually watched Q. <laughs> I was there. He was there. Whether or not he was paying attention is the question. Uh, so, there are some shows that come out where it's like, I, I don't even think I know what it looks like. Which is how little I have seen people talk about it. Yeah, nobody talks about Q. Uh, I When I saw the promo art for Q, I was like, oh, it's another idol show, right? No, it's, uh, it's a show about voice actors. What? All doing different projects at the same time. They, like, live together in a building, and they're all working for this new company that has... And this is interesting... Pretty much all of these, or maybe even all of these, actresses are, in fact, new actresses to anime. Uh, some of them have since done additional roles since it, this show started, but are like, you, at the start of this... Are, are, they, you they telling, are you telling me that Q is a real fake Seiyu Big Brother reality TV anime? Uh, I did watch I wouldn't the... not go that far. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I did watch the first episode of it and like yeah that's what it was about voice acting it's more like idol master if it was Seiyu's life (laughs) okay wow that sounds interesting this show must really suck if nobody's talking about it (laughs) there's nothing glaringly wrong about it it has decent production value the girls are cute and the like so the what projects that they're doing are interesting enough. So what you're telling me it is it is not great, but it is not offensively bad, so it is as middle of the road as it gets. I guess so. I would give it a few more points than that, but I guess your mileage may vary. Like I know I know the court of public opinion can be very skewed and biased, but it feels like I have seen nothing of this one. So we're probably talking about it a lot more than I think most people are. So I'll just say <laughs> um, Requiem of the Woes King is absolutely a show I will get around to. That dub seems really cool and really good. And as somebody pointed out to me, I think it was Megan who pointed out to me, man, it's kind of fascinating to have a dub where like two like trans voice actors are working off of each other as scene partners in as like major characters which is like wow that actually is a lot more rare if not never happens huh that's very interesting uh good good on uh kieran and uh melly grant for and for doing that stuff i will check out this dub later i promise i also just finally got around to watching the dub of nagatoro in case you want to know how good i am about catching up on things to which that show is just okay but in the dub what one of nagatoro's friends said the line smell you later nerds so it's a very good (laughs) dub (laughs) Uh, nice okay so yeah uh there's that it's been a while since we've done this, but we have to take tallies of some shows that are unavailable, and, well, it's time to uh, officially uh, open up, or close up, really, Disney Jail. 
in which Black Rock Shooter, Dawnfall, and Summertime Rendering are not available here. And I, they are being joined with a neighboring jail that's long since established in our seasonal rundowns. Yep, in Netflix jail for the a little bit anyway is the Detective Conan Zero's Tea Time uh, miniseries. Netflix at <laughs> least announced this is coming in the summer. We don't know dick about the Disney titles. Yep. Yeah, and I I would say that you could uh, VPN your way to do, to uh, watch the shows on Disney Plus in Japan. Not that easy. I've tried. It doesn't work. It's fun. I've heard one or two things about the new Black Rock Shooter series. And the things I have heard about the new Black Rock Shooter series are baffling. Baffling? Like, I, 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 I don't even know how to describe it, but I think I was, it was literally a animatronic man that has like a okay how the fuck do I even summarize this you ever have one of those toys where it's like you it's like you can flip the head in and out and there's like another head inside and you flip that head around and it's a second head mm-hmm. you ever have one of those things yeah they had Power Rangers toys like that Okay, yeah, well, apparently there's a character in that Black Rock Shooter series that has one of those, but with his penis, and had sex slaves and fucked them to death. I'm just gonna pretend I didn't hear any of that. Okay! In Black Rock Shooter? In Black Rock Shooter. Which is licensed by Disney+. Which is licensed by Disney+. Plus. Yes, you are correct. You're keeping up now. Huh. Well, links um, there. I it feels like there is a reason that I have heard almost nothing else about this ever since that was in the first episode. Oh, huh. right then. Well, um, gotta gotta open with your best cock forward, I guess. I I mean, we know what Disney does with the more quote unquote mature content. They just put it on Hulu. But we still... So maybe just put it on Hulu sometime in the next few months, guys. In regards to the other Disney show, I saw somebody saying, man, there's a lot of great anime, but summertime rendering it might be the best one. Why is nobody talking about it? You know why nobody's <laughs> talking about it. It cannot be legally streamed anywhere. And believe it or not, that actually is going to make it harder for somebody to pick up when almost every other title is legally available and streaming on every other platform it makes it a lot harder yeah I mean it also doesn't help that uh, contrary to what some people might tell you uh, the fan sub market is uh, closer to distant these days so uh, they just, they legally, just steal the yeah, official it, ones yeah if it's not legally yeah. streaming most fan subbers will not bother so so now so now anybody that is translating it they have to do it from scratch, which a lot of them are like oh shit oh shit we have to do that now. <laughs> so yeah, I hear Ugh. summertime rendering's good. That manga should be coming out by Udon soon. I'm kind of curious to check out a fucking time murder mystery thing. But I don't know when we're getting it. 
Well, um, we'll, we'll just put a pin in these and come back to it when they're available. In which which case, uh, Conan will be available in the summer. The other two shows... We'll uh, get back to you on we'll, that. Whenever someone at Disney feels like it, I guess. Who's excited for that Tatami Galaxy sequel? Uh <sighs> Well then, um, I, I know some of y'all out there want us to talk about one show. We'll get to it. Have your peanuts ready. We'll get to it. We have an order in which we go through here. So, uh, which, as the order says, sequel time, in which there are several sequels that uh, we'll be talking about There here. are a lot of sequels this season, and only one of them I actually want to talk about or can say anything about, but I have a lot to say on yeah. it. But to start off, we have to start with um, the second season of... Oh, the show. Rising of the Shield So, Hero. can somebody explain to me why this is... Bombing? Because it's boring. Uh, I can tell you one thing. Yeah. Sketch took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> like the we watched the first five episodes and we we're like, man, this is boring. So, um, so uh, I guess any so I guess at the risk of making um, certain people angry. So, uh, so yeah, so I guess when it's not being actively angry, it doesn't have much else to do, does it? I mean, I said the show was boring when it premiered three years ago. Like, outside of its rampant nihilism, it's just... There's nothing to it. There is nothing to the show. Once the S.H.I.E.L.D. hero gets his... gets revenge, it's... it's, it's outside of the like nihilism nothing. and sexism, this show has nothing to it. I like it. It's weird. Like I, I think I saw people saying it was adapted in a weird way with this first season, and then they tried to re-rectify it, and they, and they couldn't really s- turn it around. Yeah, they did some it's, weird things with the adaptation. I hear. Oh, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It just it became just another isekai. And honestly, when you have a lot of other isekai to compete with, I guess that is kind of. Uh, a detriment, which like I think like it's at like five fifty k on Mal compared to like uh, season one with like eight hundred k more, which mm-hmm. like usually there's always going to be a drop off between seasons, but I'm still surprised at how much of a drop that one was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To which I will say this: like I gave episode one of season one a lot of flack, to which I, I mean, to which I got a lot of like. Pepe Babadars after me, so that was a fun time. Ugh, yeah. But, but like, but like, I gave that a lot of slap. But you know, looking back compared to that and now, I can at least see in writing of the Shield Hero's favor, there have been so many worse things to come between that and now. Mm-hmm. God, the bar can always go even lower, can't it? Yeah. From my understanding, uh, people who got tired of winning, you know, just kept reading the novels. And then the novels got worse and worse. Oh, <laughs> so cool! People just kind of stopped caring. Now, my <laughs> this 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 surprises me. I enjoyed the first season, 
And this next season opens up with the big monster being like a giant turtle. I like turtles. I like Shield Hero. Why am I bored? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, to yeah, to yeah, to don't want to. Okay, yeah, okay. They okay, actually don't know. It is always for the Duckham Corporations. Remember, Crunchyroll handpicked this to adapt. And there's gonna be a third season if you remember. Yeah, yeah remember, it, remember, it wasn't. Remember, it wasn't Katakawa. It was Crunchyroll. Uh, they um really didn't strike. <laughs> They're probably gonna do a full adaptation and finish it with season three. Is my guess. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it's really self-fulfilling prophecy. Anyways, so did we ever say? Because I I know we mentioned it briefly. Briefly, I don't think it was announced when I recorded that we were talking about like Billy was going to be stepping down and somebody else was gonna be filling in for his stuff. When that was announced, I put it in the episode. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. in season two, uh, Nafumi is now Stephen Fu, and I think we now a, we now have match. yeah we now have conf- confirmation of the other sequel thing too, uh, is officially Alejandro's up for Science Fell in Love season two. Also an acceptable choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No flack there. You do what you gotta do. Best of luck to you guys. Get well soon, Billy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Shield Hero Season 2. I like turtles! If you like <laughs> Shield, if you like Shields and you like Turtles, stay tuned for Bofuri Season 2. <laughs> Yay! Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Bofuri good. Well, well, uh, one show managed to escape Netflix jail and actually commit to a weekly presentation, and it's back. The uh, second half, I think, of Comey Can't Communicate. I'm going to be honest. I think they did it because it was a contractual obligation, not because they really care about simulcasting it anymore. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, whatever gets Netflix to break out of their usual pattern, fine by me. It's still like a couple weeks. I feel like let's let's put like this: in order to break out of their own pattern, they're gonna break all of their fingers and toes and cut off a limb or two. Don't worry, though. You're gonna get uh, Stranger Things season four, the finale, the movie in July. Yay. I should like I should finish season three. They're doing like a two-hour season finale. It's crazy. We cut off Russia. Let's cut off our entire animation department, <clears throat> and let's put all our mummy into money into a uh, Marmaduke. Oh God! I saw that fucking fart. I watched that whole movie. It was terrible. Ooh. Anyway, Comey. Let's get back to Comey. I have not caught up on the Comey anime, but I want to be. It's it seems like they're in season they're in the second season where some of the new, more long longer staying characters are around. Also, that opening is really good. Comey opening's really good. It's the like half of it is them directing the anime opening they're about to shoot. And then the shooting, and then, like, the finished product. And I kind of love that shit. I love little things like that. That's, 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 a, that's a neat touch. I don't have much to say about Comey, because I'm not going to. 
I have only seen one episode of season two, and it was good, but, like, I'm behind. Fair enough. Comey's still... Okay. I do feel like it's yet another show that Netflix is killing the discussion about. Uh, I mean, okay, I mean, arguably, but, like, I mean... I mean, Comey's an acute comedy, but it's also, like... There's not much to talk about. Yeah, 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 I mean... Do you yeah, like I mean, the not... jokes, or do you like the relationships? Yeah, I mean, not to, I mean, not to mention it is also, you know, uh, directly in the shadow of a certain other romantic comedy, so, uh, you know. <laughs> okay, which one? Because, I'm gonna be honest, this season's fucking stuffed full of them. Okay, okay, I mean, uh, the one that also has a sequel. That does not narrow it down. Uh, okay, okay, look, I was trying to do a bit. Look, I was to do a bit because I know we're about to talk about it, but Oh, okay. That, thank you. Well, you, you should have said the one with the rap. That does not narrow it down, Alex. <laughs> okay, 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 look, it's not my fault if I figured Andrew would just like. Okay, go okay, right okay, okay. Going back to Netflix for a moment, I don't fully agree with the notion of. Netflix is killing discussion of so-and-so. They're not doing a good job promoting it, leaving it all up to all of us to actually find it. In which case, wouldn't that be on us? Yeah, so, yeah, okay, yeah, to which, uh, just because this so you think has been, like, making the rounds again lately, oh and it's, it's not, like, and it's increasingly annoying, and it's, it's time for another reminder that, guy. Uh, okay, that, yes, Okay, that is in the grand scheme of things, Soto was probably worse off with Netflix than with like you know Viz or Crunchyroll. Like, probably should have got to them. But okay, but so okay, so and like it would have been nice to have weekly discussion. But like as far as like you know the rest of Soto should get delayed. That is not purely on Netflix. That is also on David Bro because they're doing a bunch of other projects. Yeah, and, you know the A the A crew is working on Urusa Yatsura, if you haven't noticed. And uh, you know they've also got uh, also got to finish up Spriggan, and you know there's also uh, the three of Fire Force coming down the pipeline at some point. Fun. So, so, so uh, yeah, if they try to do straight three straight cores of Soto on top of that, they will Soto's burn. Implode. If they do three straight <laughs> cores of Soto, they will die. It sucks, but I get it. And also, there's the whole thing about... <sighs> I feel like it's sort of like a fallacy about uh, the second trailer not making nearly as much. The premiere trailer isn't going to have as much attention as a mid-season trailer. That's just common knowledge. Uh, I think you I mean, the I, other I, way around. Yeah. We know what you mean, Andrew. We know what you mean. Okay. We know what you mean, but okay. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, uh, there's that. And uh, continuing on with the rom-coms, there is a season two of Science for Hello, So I Tried to Prove It, Algebraic Equation for Heart. I'm told... Here's all I know. Alejandro Saab is filling in for Billy Kometz, and I'm told a short guy gets a fucking mommy milf GF and fucking good for you, whatever your deal is. <laughs> that is that, that is exactly they haven't started the second season but fully intend to because the first one was very entertaining uh yeah I haven't seen but episode one of season one so I got up a contributor I almost feel bad because this does have an audience but it is 
but is directly competing in a season with the return of the exact show that it, this is trying to be, but better. Yeah. <laughs> it's Kaguya for college students. <laughs> which, which here's the thing. That should be a slam dunk because they can legally fuck. But like, yeah. uh, it, it sounds like it's but just not. But they're too as a... shy to do it. <laughs> oh, it's um, secondhand uh. embarrassment. <laughs> anyway, it's still a good time though. I want to see a rom com show that does the inverse of this. Show a couple who's not afraid to, you know, get down and dirty in the sheets. Yes. Um. Yeah. That. That ex- sounds like Horamia, the college. I was literally just about to fucking say that's just Horamia. Yeah, uh, Amplex, uh, do that, or somebody do that. But uh, yeah, there's that. All right, breaking off the rom coms for a bit. We also have season three of Ascendance of a Bookworm. How's that been for anyone watching it? Uh, okay. I mean, I only watched uh, the first episode of the dub to you know confirm. Uh, Hey, got the oh, okay, okay, okay. We need to. Okay, we need some context for that because apparently two weeks ago I found out that went up without an announcement. I told Jet he watched it before they pulled it. Two weeks later, they actually made a proper announcement and put it up and confirmed that the that pretty much anybody who would be needing to reprise for season three of Bookworm is indeed reprising even a couple of the ones that said that they wouldn't come back until unless they worked out better pay. And, uh, sorry, and, uh, and, and in a surprise, they confirmed they got paid better, so good for them. Always good to boy corporations. Fantastic. I'm hoping that continues to be the case with other projects. Let's... Here's hoping. Also, one other little thing that was in that announcement of a full crew was uh, Mars Girl is the video technician slash closed captions on Bookworm Season 3 dub, which that's interesting. Wait, closed Uh, captions? They don't even have those on Crunchyroll. Yeah. Uh, 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 Yeah, uh, funny. I was uh, watching Space Dandy on there the other day. I noticed there was a closed captions option available, but it didn't work. Uh, so, uh, so it must maybe be. Maybe they're getting ready to oh. maybe they're getting ready to add it. They must be getting ready to add yeah. that. Then. That's I good. Would, I would I would I would like that to happen for two reasons. One, uh, my hearing isn't perfect, and two, I don't know if it's my TV speakers or if the mixing is just off. I can barely hear the dialogue sometimes. So, anything to help would be. I, I feel that. I got you. So yeah, uh, Bookworm Season 3. Glad to have you back. Glad to have the crew back and pay... Give your actors more pay. Please and thank you. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of discourse going around about in general, but I think we can all agree more money and at least more optimal working conditions are fair goals to reach. Mm-hmm. And that's all I'm going to mm-hmm. go on that. Okay, yeah. Now we move on from uh, one part of the school to another. 
I guess. Season two of Love Live Nichigasaki High School Idol Club. I should watch Nichigasaki. <laughs> All I know is you is dating everyone. I think that's that's exactly what's happening. And then wrote like a f- like fan fiction of like her two girlfriends doing Beauty and the Beast, which sounds amazing. I this could be false, but I don't think it is. Anyways, uh, Nijigasaki season two is another one of those things. I'm glad people are watching it and enjoying it. Uh, fans seem to be enjoying it and the dub. I'll get around to this first season eventually. Okay. God. God, I fucking forgot about this one. Alright, well, uh, Jet, I hope you didn't forget. We have season four of Kingdom. Uh, so I actually have to finish season three, but, uh, Kingdom is... Uh, but Kingdom is a series I enjoyed. I kind of wish that, again, you know, that first season didn't look terrible, so people would have actually watched it. <laughs> cool. I'm... Okay. Yeah, I... Okay. So did season three get dubbed in Canada? I We uh, don't we, know uh, yet! We, we actually don't know, we just don't exist. We will find <laughs> out in... August. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Alright, now for the big hitters. We have here up first, season three of uh Truly the Greatest Battle of Our Lifetime. Kaguya Sama, Love is War, Ultra Romantic. It's so fucking good, and it's still so fucking good. They pulled out a rap battle, and it was wonderful. That rap thing was a gag that had been building up for several episodes, and the payoff was the fucking best. I cannot believe how good that payoff was! It's actually good character payoff, and it's so good! And Chika Fujiwara is the hardest working single mother in anime, period. <sighs> okay, where do I fucking begin? Um, anybody else caught up on Kagesama? And uh, nope, I nope, only I saw episode. Duelist. Oh shit! This nope, is just saw... this is just me carrying. <laughs> I only this. saw okay. episode one of season three, so uh, I gotta catch up on the rest of season three. Uh, wait, you you haven't finished season two? I said, no, I think I only saw episode one of season three. Okay, okay. Which one was episode? Yeah. Okay. Us two. So, oh my god, I was not expecting. I thought other people were gonna at least piggyback off of this. Okay, so season three is great. A because there is like. The gags in previous episodes and seasons are full-on continuity at this point, even character development, including, like, the shit about, like, Hayasaka and, like, her past bet with Kaguya to try... Her past bet with Kaguya, where it's like, oh, yeah, you you couldn't fucking seduce uh, Shirigane, and she said, fucking bet, you hoe. And, And that... 
continuity continues. And that's like, Miyuki can't fucking rap to save his life. And that's a co- that is a thing? And honestly, I think the single greatest non-romantic pairing in all of Kaguya-sama is whenever Chika Fujiwara has to teach Shiragane how to do a thing. Oh, yes. That is literally... Not only is that one of the funniest things in the show, that is... Anytime you have one of those, the animation team all come together and are like... Okay, it's a Chika and Miyuki episode. We're going to make this the best fucking thing ever. Like, literally every single one of those episodes is a slam dunk and is, like, visually one of the most immaculate animated episodes of that season. And that is not... That does not change with the fucking... Miyuki Shiragane wants to learn how to rap. And it is very funny... And the rap is actually pretty good, and it's so good, and Chica screams at the top of her lungs, motherfucker. Oh, I hope they don't censor that in the dub. I, I, they kind of censor it already, like, because they do motherfucker, like, they do a little bleep there, but it's really funny. And all the while, like, Miyuki's trying to rap out his feelings and tell... Uh, Hayasaka not to hide what she's thinking, but due to a misunderstanding, um, she thinks that, uh, she thinks that Kaguya's maid is actually a man, and, like, Hayasaka made up in her head canon. oh yeah, no, I'm gay, it's, it's whatever, so Chika imagines her, like, as him doing it with another guy, and then she thinks that Miyuki's in love with who she thinks is the male butler and it's, it's so she's rapping about how she has complicated feelings about dudes fucking while he's rapping his feelings to her it's i i sound like a crazy person right now i realize explaining humor is terrible actually so i'm botching this all i'm going to say is this i stand by the fact that i genuinely think the anime adaptation of Kaguya-sama Love is War is probably, like, the single best comedy anime manga adaptation I have ever seen. And, like, it almost makes me, like, I don't think I even need to wait for the manga. I could just watch the anime, if they're, especially if they're gonna do it yearly. But Viz just added the fucking manga to the Shonen Jump app so that yeah. mi- so that might test me a little bit to see if I can hold it out. Because I love this show, I love these characters, and I love this fucking comedy so much. And this anime is killing it still. It's really, really fucking good and funny. And I was not even talking about Maki. Maki is the biggest disaster bitch I've seen in a minute. Played yourself, sweetie. Bless your heart, but you fucking played yourself. Uh, Kage-sama is still really good. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> okay, there's that, and uh, will lead us to one major sequel left. It's a big one. It's one that uh, many of us have been waiting for, 
for a for decade. Over 10 well, years. Let's, let's, let's see, five, let's see, two, let's see, one, two, 11 years. Yes, it is the long-awaited second season of Tiger and Bunny. And, and I gotta say, uh, given, I mean, given the circumstances between, you know, how long it's been, uh, that, between how long it's been, uh, you know, the fact that the director is gone, and uh, D- Double Decker being, like, okay, but not really uh, living up to being a supposed, like, spinoff, or really dying into Tiger Bunny in any way like it supposedly said it would. Uh... Honestly, even, honestly, even with all that, Tiger Bunny 2 somehow feels like the show never left, which, like, honestly shocked me. <laughs> was that, was that, like, was that, like, my expectations were, like, not super low, right? but I was like, okay, this is probably just gonna be, like, maybe okay, they're probably gonna play it super safe. And it's like, okay, no, this, this actually feels like a proper sequel. I'm kind of surprised. <sighs> and I will tell you all about this when the second half drops, because I refuse to play Netflix's waiting game. I hate it. I don't like it. I want the whole thing available before I dive in. Uh, okay. So <laughs> I'm told it's even gayer. Oh, so, oh, so, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. public yeah. opinion has changed in the, in the 10 years since. War has changed. Uh, yeah, because uh, all, all the heroes have buddies now. That's, that's, uh, yeah, be, uh, yeah, because uh, both uh, outside and inside universe executives realize, okay, you know, that Katsu Murabi pair—they're uh, a good duo. So you know what? We're gonna pair off everyone else. And one of the pairings is Fire Emblem and Sky High. Uh, so, yeah, so, yeah. You see, no, yeah, you see, the way you know this show is really committed is that literally only one of those pairs is heterosexual. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah. And it's uh Blue Rose and Golden Lion. Also, isn't isn't fucking uh what am I Isn't Fire Emblem ca- canonically like gender queer or non-binary? They they are an NBS. Cool. Yeah. As a, oh, to, oh yeah, yeah, the yeah, the rising pretty much confirmed their NB, so yeah. yeah. Good shit. Yeah. I have not uh, watched this yet it, myself, but I'm told it is way better than you were expecting. One thing that I really love about the dub in particular, is two, these two new heroes, these young heroes, are played by Robbie Damon and Josh Keaton. Two different Spider-Men. <laughs> and then you already it. have fucking Barnaby, who's insomniac BS4 Spidey. Yeah, yeah, so you have three Spider-Men there. Yeah, and I think I told you to told this to you in Discord, Andrew, but, like, the really funny thing about, like, the character Josh Keaton plays is that it is really kind of, is that uh, back when, uh, is that, you know, uh, back when Tiger Bunny first came out, like, Barnaby in some ways kind of felt like, you know, uh, kind of like a more Sasuke-ish take on Batman. And so, like, and, like listening to Josh Keaton's character, it really feels like, you know, in another universe, if Josh Keaton had played Sasuke, this is what I would have imagined that sounding like. Which is pretty yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Maylee Flanagan plays their manager. Wait, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, Miley Flanagan's, like, literally doing the Naruto voice. Oh, yeah. fucking amazing. 
Yeah. Ugh, yeah. So there, um, there are unfortunately some recasts. They didn't get back Travis, and they didn't get back. They didn't get Laura. back Travis and Laura Bailey, who I think I I yeah. I think Travis is uh Mad Bull is now Aaron Laplante, and uh Dragon Kid is now Cassandra Lee Morris. Yeah, they're both great. <laughs> Which man, that just makes me think it's kind of amazing that like Laura Bailey they got back for the entirety of Fruits Baskets. Which I think that just tells me how much like she still adored Toru. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna rate Toru against Dragon Kid, Toru gonna win. Like, <laughs> nothing against Dragon Kid. No, no, no. Kid. It's it's a perfectly good character. It's just like that is. But they ain't Toru. Yeah, no, no, no. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I imagine about Cyrus a bit there. So. Uh, There's also yeah. these evil twins that are voiced by uh, Johnny Young Bosch and Jason Spizak. Oh yeah. And they are just delightful. Ugh. Yeah. Neat. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, so, uh, so, yeah, uh, so, uh, so, yeah, uh, so, uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, they it's nice to have me. it back. It's like, yeah, so, yeah, it's nice to, yeah, it's nice to have it back. It's nice they're following up on stuff I honestly thought they wouldn't like they're actually following up on a whole Ouroboros or thing I kind of figured they just wouldn't. wait they continue that? Is it, yeah yeah, I, yeah I'm shocked I kind of thought they were just gonna like totally forget about that but nope nope but nope, nope. that's so like going on in the background that's ins- wow okay I really do need to watch this I cannot believe wow they really just continued it like nothing changed and there haven't been 11 years in between yeah, literally the only sense of a caveat is that it is very, is that like the, is that this definitely seems you watch the rising, but otherwise, yeah, it's pretty much directly. Well, the good news is the rising is on Netflix at least, so that at least helps. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They, they are going all in on uh, having as much Tiger and Bunny as as available as possible. So, uh, Netflix or Bondi Namco, whatever you want to be called, announce when the second half will drop. Just give, just announce it. Just say when it, say when it'll be up. I, I and, do want to, you know, I'll be in for it. Say one thing: if you haven't seen the first season of Tiger and Bunny, or you want a refresher, don't watch it on Netflix. Not only does it not have the no. logos, which doesn't matter, honestly, it doesn't have some of the post-credits moments. I, I, I was, no. I was probably just gonna do the movies, to be honest. If I did that. Well, I mean, that doesn't you, you cover that much. You can get away with just that. Um, Tiger and Bunny is available on other platforms. Uh, it's on Hulu. Is it on uh, Tubi Hulu. still? I'm seeing here Hulu, Pluto TV, Peacock, Tubi, and Voodoo. It's on fucking Peacock? Yeah, they keep adding shows on there that don't make sense, but hey, I'm not, not complaining. Just... What? Wow, really? Okay. What? Are there other yeah. Viz shows on Peacock? I think there are, then. Uh, yeah, I mean... Huh. Yeah. Fascinating. All, all right, then. Yeah. Uh, or, yeah. you know, see if you have those uh, Blu-rays available. Like, I know I, I have my copy sitting around here somewhere. Okay. Me, too. Yeah. All right. 
Now's the time where we get to the new shows of the season. <coughs> the new shows of the season. I don't know why it stuttered there. We're not there yet. We're not at the big one yet. We have uh, another order of business to attend to. The uh, roast pile in which we talk about the weirdest and sometimes worst shows of the season. Starting with... I don't know if I agree with uh, at least one of these designations. Starting with... A very weird case from Goro Taniguchi, who's just into doing a lot of weird stuff lately. Estab Life. I... What is this show? I... Okay. Escapist Fantasy. I... I... Literally... Okay. So... I don't know what, what, what other way to start this other than somebody wrote the phrase communist penguins in Ikebukuro and was like perfect we have an episode yeah just what like a lot of the other things were already strange like the uncomfortably bishy wolfman who just speaks in little dog barks and growls. I was cool with the weird lesbian slime girl or the Yakuza boss who dreams of being a magical girl. Like, that was weird and strange, but that was like, okay, no, I can, I can kind of see the through line here. But communist penguins... Was the one I'm like, how? How is this a real anime? What makes it weirder for me is that this is not just a series. This is a mixed media project that will have an animated movie also by Polygon Pictures. And there is a mobile game announced. Oh my god, fucking actually? A mobile eh, MMORPG mobile from... Uh, what? Purveyors of met of the metaverse, Square Enix. Oh my God! What <sighs> fucking re- Square what? Enix? <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, Square. Uh, 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 oh. Square Enix. Okay. Literally sold v- valuable IPs for actual pennies to piss away all of their Final Fantasy XIV funding on NFTs. Maybe they're trying to get sold to Sony. Oh, God, I fucking hope not. I'm really getting tired of this. Look, I gotta sit the frame here. The opening sequence of the first episode, there's a funeral going on, and everybody's acting very sad, and it's, like, all somber. And then they're hijacking and, a body. And, who's, yeah, uh, then then they, they, t- they, they go off in the hearst, and then they book it, because they're actually trying to fake somebody's death and escape town. It's like, oh... Okay. They're like sure. There are people. They're smuggling people across the borders, and the borders are just Japanese towns. Yeah, which raises more questions. But like, there is a lot of social commentary in this. I don't know if it's good social commentary, but there sure is commentary. <laughs> like literal Berlin Wall Wall breakout shit for communist penguin the fucking the fucking secret police 
penguin that is interrogating the girl is fucking David Vitrenga. And it's like... It's adorable every time he tries to slap her and it does nothing. It's like any other moment, it's like a violent interrogation and he fucking slaps her. And it's a baby slap because he's using his little... Pe- oh, pe- his little fin. And at later points, the one blonde girl in the episode, when the wet penguin does a dramatic shower and he shakes off, she's like, Oh, little Pinky Wiggle! Like, oh. Which the penguin's like, yes, I know I'm beautiful. I really appreciate that that penguin is voiced by Ivankov. Yeah, that is just fucking Ivankov, too, yeah. Um, also... We will show them true art. Also, I need to... I need to preface. I was in the middle, like, I was watching episode one. I was in the middle of formulating a joke I was gonna drop on this episode. Like, I was literally like... You know when you're, like, in the middle of writing a thing in your head? I'm like, oh... This is what this is. So in the middle of coming up with the phrase, okay, so this is Goro Tanaguchi trying to make his own Ruby anime, and then the main girl does a boop, and I'm like, okay, that's two on the nose. Fuck off. Literally. Literally, she does the boop thing, like Nara. I'm like, are you, really? Really? Literally, as soon as I thought that, I'm like, I... I Okay, now you're mocking me. Also, I did not expect the girl to actually be a slime. Yeah, that girl's a slime and a disaster lesbian and fucking. I love their little robot. The, the robot is just, the robot talks like a fu- Anthony Bowling talking like this. The robot talks <laughs> like he's a fucking fifties mobster. I I like a twenties mobster like. Um, and every episode thus far is about somebody trying to escape some some kind of life. The first one is a teacher, and the next one is the Yakuza, Yakuza guy head and then who wants to be a magical girl. And then this third one is Penguin the, Communism. The penguin Communism. I, I can't. Where do we go from here? <laughs> I, I cannot believe the phrase. Penguin communism was written down, and they just decided, yeah, let's just do it. And like, what? Yeah, let's just do it. It also was prompted by the end of that episode with Sarah Wiedenhef saying choice choice lines like, "Don't mouth off to the cops if you're trying to defect from a totalitarian government, dude." A line uttered by lesbian slime girl Sarah Wiedenhef. Which also, that episode ended with her saying, welcome, like, welcome to the land of the free. Capitalism, bay, bay. I'm like, what the fuck is a show? What the fuck is happening? Yeah, I really didn't know how to feel about that. It feels like they were taking the piss, but what the What is going, what? This does not feel like a real show. And I haven't even talked about the fucking disaster slime lesbian parliament of the work of, like, the moderates and the extremists and the fucking pervert panty party. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I didn't get to that episode I, yet, I, I, <clears throat> God. Like I said, this is a weird show. And the CGI is actually not bad. I I feel like people shit on Polygon Pictures. They're 
their CG has really come a long way, and it actually does look pretty decent. Like, this actually does look pretty good. It helps that this has art direction. I also kind of like these weird, totally spies, disaster gay bitches. They're all right. <laughs> Yeah, they're fine. I, I just, I can't believe this is a real show. I'm more baffled by Estab Life than I am by the other baffling, equally lesbian show we will be discussing later. <laughs> I think I'd about put a pin in it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um... I find it rather entertaining. I do too. It's not confusing. Like we were watching it for the first time a couple days ago. I was like, "Why is this entertaining?" <laughs> I, it, it is. I just was more baffled. Like I know Goro Tanaguchi can do whatever weird shit he wants, but I didn't think we. I didn't. Penguin communism's a fucking you. You you watch you watch that episode and then you just go out and stare at the sunset for a little while. <laughs> it was one of those moments. Uh. Well then, uh, anybody ready for a death game? <laughs> no, but I, I guess we have no choice. We have yet another. Death game show in the form of Tomodachi Life. Actually, Whoopie. I suppose it's I, I a think you, debt it, game it is show. actually Tomodachi game, but we, you, we. I don't fucking care, Andrew. It's very confusing that the video game is called Tomodachi Life, but the manga and anime is called Tomodachi Game. We sure I, do live I, in a society. I do not care either way. Let's just get this one I over don't with. I think those things have anything to do with each other, actually. Doesn't matter. I'm told this one is aggressively drowning in the edge. Oh, it definitely is. Uh, also, in the first episode, they expect you to read very fast, brief moments of text to give you the entire background on these characters. And you're like, wait, what? You need me to pause? <laughs> Show, don't tell, guys. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know exactly how much thought uh, the author put to the characters. Yeah, they're all pretty generic. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so, uh, yeah, yeah, so pretty much, you know, uh, you got your standard uh, edgy game setup. Uh, the one, I guess, spider difference here being this is technically not a death game. Uh, the penalty for losing the game is not death. It is, like, getting drowned a lot of death, basically. That's not a death game. That's just reality. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so these five friends get uh, thrown into this game where uh, they have, like, a certain amount of debt, and then it can either go down or go up, depending on how well they do in these games that are hosted by some character who was apparently a television character in their universe. You know, do it, uh, doing the Saw thing. <laughs> so so it's a cross between Saw, uh, Jigsaw, and Monokuma with We Have Squid Game at Home. Got I it. have a question. Yeah. I have a question. Uh, sketch, sketch in uh, Joe, how far did you get to? 
uh, I don't two, remember. three episodes? Okay. Something you got if you, two. if you got at least three episodes, I have a question. I think the third episode is that there is apparently a reveal about like somebody being a uh Ha- having been a like middle school prostitute, was that a thing you remember? Uh, oh, that was in episode uh, three. We didn't get to that yet. Uh, that oh was, wait, wait. Actually, I think yeah, that was brought up in episode two. That, that was three or four, but yeah. Can you explain what the fuck that's about? I don't know. They're just uh, trying to air dirty laundry in this one game. Okay. Is it, yeah, so they tried to do air dirty laundry in this one game, and uh, it, and it get and it gets revealed that uh, one of the friends uh, used to get bullied a lot in school. Um, so uh, that person's way of coping was to uh, was, uh, was to give their bullies lots of money, and their way of getting lots of money was uh, and was going on dates with older men. So uh, yeah. Huh. That's wow. That is actually shit. <sighs> Disturbing. That's edgy shit. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That that is trashy. Yeah. I mean. Okay. I mean, the one admittedly minor thing I can say in this show's favor, which is a, It's not a big thing, thing so, but it's something. Is it? Is it? Is it? Uh, is that, yeah. Is that you know? At least it doesn't show you the sexual assault. It just tells you what happened and moves on. Like uh, that's. And it's just where. <laughs> <laughs> Tell yeah. don't show works out. <laughs> Who'da thunk it? Yeah. In the same show that did a bad job of telling, not showing. Ah, <laughs> uh, 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 you win some, you lose some. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, I was kind of amused by like the first one or two episodes, but then they spent like three or four episodes on a single game, and it was kind of like. Yeah. Why are you doing this? Yeah. yeah. As I recall, at the end of the second episode, they were like... Yeah, it also didn't help that, like, during said game, they, like... Absolutely the whole big twist with this show is that, uh... The reason they are all stuck in this game is that one of the... Is that one of the friends... Uh, that one of the friends was already in debt and, like, got them all registered into the game to get out of debt, so... So supposedly the big mystery is, okay, who the traitor is. And then in episode three, they just straight up tell you who the traitor is. Like, literally no losers. They just tell you who it is. And then, like, you spend, like, four episodes kind of, like, seeing things from the traitor's perspective as they eventually get found out. And it's like, okay, why are you spending four episodes on this? Oops. Because reasons. <sighs> wow. I don't know if I'm even going to get back to that crap. <laughs> Thanks for the warning. <laughs> I mean... Well then, I enjoy my edge, but um, boy, that is just terrible writing. <laughs> yep. Okay. Well, um, I wasn't even going to mention this show. It was one of the ones that I kind of forgot about, but uh, Duelist here asked us to uh, put it in. Oh, this so... fever dream. <laughs> here we have something called Kenda Master Ken. What even is this show? It's like a Japanese game of Seto or some shit. I don't fucking know. Like, is this show in going out of its way to 
intentionally be garbage? I have no idea what the thought behind this show was. There was I really don't. It's just spe- it's a spectacular train wreck of mediocrity. Uh, apparently I was good enough for High Dive to pick it up, but uh Yeah. Not even a score on Mal, which shows you how little people actually care about it. Oof. I was trying to figure out if it was based on anything. <laughs> I don't know. Apparently this comes to us from Studio King Yorio, who previously worked on uh, something called Mouse Man, I Know Katamari, a movie from a little while ago, and what else did they do? They did the show called uh, Sekai Ga Horibiyome Ni Kimi. I, I, I don't know what this is. It's a one-shot from last year. Uh, apparently High Life has it, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. The show is the show is garbage. Who cares? <laughs> I couldn't get past five minutes of it. And and, and it's only 15-minute episodes. <laughs> I, I might argue it bears worth watching at least five minutes of it just so that you get to experience whatever the hell it's supposed to be. Because it's like, it's, it's definitely one of those, how the hell does this and why does it exist? Yeah. Like, it felt like it was some fucking new ground shit, if oh, not Lord. worse quality. Yeah. It was real bad. Ugh. And real weird. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it was, um... Guy beats up everybody in his class except for the yeah. demon lord who was also attending his class, who's his only friend apparently. And uh uh the principal's okay with it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and then the principal's like, We could date. No, wait, I'm married. It's a guy principal, by the way. What show are we even talking about? I kinda zone I don't even know anymore. Uh, Kenda, Master Ken. Oh, I completely whatever it is. I completely zoned out. Okay. That's what you would do if you actually watched. So what you're saying is I shouldn't bother. Cool. <laughs> no. No. No, you should you should give it a look. I... <laughs> okay. Look, I'll Come say... On, High Dive had to get something. No, there's actually worthwhile things to watch on High Dive this season, and I don't mm-hmm. believe Kenda Master Ken is one of them. It, it, it is not. It is absolutely not. Nah, like, nah. It's not even funny bad, like how you know Ninja Slayer has the terrible animation on purpose. This just feels... Yeah, Ninja Slayer had a lot more uh, <sighs> anything to it. <laughs> This is just... It is just... Just some... Like you said, it looks like old new ground stuff. <laughs> Anyways. I'd like to read my dossier now. Thank you. <sighs> <laughs> okay. It's been enough build-up. Now it's time to get to the show everybody's been following. The latest entry of the... Uh, 9.0 Blank Club on Mal. Yes, it is well worth it. It is Spy Family. So, 
I have been following this manga for some time now. I feel like it was already doing really well sales-wise before the anime. So it just needed a solid enough anime adaptation, and this thing could probably be a juggernaut. It's safe to say that this one's a fucking juggernaut. Yeah, this is... This is many things. This is a complete package of what you would expect for a series like this. But it's also, in my humble opinion, a sitcom plot. It is very much so. Yeah. Let, let, really let, let, me, let me give you my sitcom pitch. <clears throat> You're going to give us the Rob Schneider voice? No, I'm going to give you the TV announcer voice. I'll take it. He's a secret agent spy. She's a trained assassin. They both hide their double lives from each other while they pretend to be the parents of a young girl who has telepathy. Can this make-believe family survive and become a real family in the end? Find out Thursdays on NBC. Ah, <laughs> uh, da da. Oh, and there's al- there's also a, a bit of a uh, geopolitical element involving this uh, menagerie, if you will. So no one told you life was gonna be this way. Andrew, stop, stop, shut stop, the stop. fuck up. Andrew, shut the fuck up. Go to the corner. Think about what you've done. <laughs> oh, that is far from the worst thing I've ever done. Anyways, so, this, I feel like, the, so, alright, what would you like to talk about first? Because there's a couple of things I think that are worth talking about when it comes to Spy Family. What what, what would you, let's start, start this conversation off. What do you want to talk about first, Alex? Let's lay out our main trio first. Okay. So, we start off with, um, super secret spy Twilight. His real name is long since been abandoned. For his current mission, he has taken on the moniker of Lloyd Forger. He will do- he is a secret spy that is a lone wolf, doesn't like to rely on anybody else. For the sake of his new mission, which is to basically try to- cozy up with this man named uh, Desmond who is a important military figure who is so reclusive and cautious the only time he ever pops up are at social gatherings at this elite school with his kids so his mission have a daughter enroll her in the academy what could possibly go wrong we need you to have a wife and kid in a week. <laughs> he spits out his coffee appropriately. He spits it out yeah. appropriately, where it's like, have a wife and kid in a week. I feel like even most people will be like, okay, that's moving a bit too fast. <laughs> also to note, he's a bit of a social recluse, a.k.a. an idiot. Now, so, uh, so, oh, yeah, uh, it's been said before, but uh, despite the show's attempt to sell you that he is the straight man of the group, uh, he's about as up as the other So... Group. <laughs> the the thing that makes this comedy so endearing is everybody in this family are charming, adorable, adorkable, 
And in the case of both Lloyd and really fucking hot. Uh, uh, dude. Andrew, you want to see Oh my again? god, no, fuck! Oh god, oh no! No! No, god, I realized what I did! No! No! If only you had realized it before your mouth had said it. No! No, that's a bad that one! That was your uh, bad That's a bad Oh, that's a bad Andrew, Andrew, I had a really bad day. I needed that laugh, thank you. I did a I did a very bad slip. I don't care what you did. Chill out. <laughs> you take responsibility for your Freudian slip, you bastard. You don't want to know. And shut the fuck up. No. Azru, go to the corner. I'll take it from Good here. Good day, everyone. Oh, bye, stuff. Your, your, okay, your, anyway, your. Anyway. Jesus Christ. Can we talk about how their last name is Forger and how that's hilarious? That is very funny, yes. (laughs) Yeah, uh, your, um, oh my. Mommy, sorry, mommy. (laughs) Okay. Okay. You take, take a, take a breath, take a breath. I need a few minutes, okay. I will pinch it for, I will pinch it, I will pinch hit for you. So yeah, uh, Lloyd, he is a secret agent, also a bit of an idiot. Yor, she is a trained assassin on the down low while uh, hiding her identity amidst uh, more of a typical office job. You know, catty co-workers, water cooler talk, all that kind of stuff. When are you going to get married, Yor? That kind of stuff. In which she also has a bit of uh, social recluseness. With a little bit of social awkwardness at uh, first glance, but she hides it very, not not very well, but well enough. And then there is Anya. She likes peanuts. She also likes uh, this co- this uh, detective spy show on TV that she always makes time to watch. She could also read minds, which is uh funny because this whole show is fueled on dramatic irony in a very very well executed manner she knows she knows that Lloyd is a spy she knows you're an assassin she doesn't care she thinks that's fucking dope yeah she just wants and to she is uh, growing rather fond of her uh, newfound family and she both she is the best wingman slash enabler of both of their bullshit yeah and let it be known age for age she's probably the smartest character in the whole show for being six years old (laughs) I smart is a very subjective term in spy family (laughs) she can also Smack a bitch out. <laughs> she fucking can. But she learned she learned that from her cool mama. Yeah, what one day she's uh the damsel waiting to be rescued by Lloyd Man, the next day punching a motherfucker out. So this was a manga I had been I have been reading and enjoying for some time, where like even some of even some of the earliest pages 
were giving me goddamn, like... It, it's very hard for me to, like... I get, like, a chuckle or, like, a... <laughs> that's pretty funny when reading a manga. I fucking hard-belly laughed at certain pages in Spy Family. I remember the exact one, too. It was the stinger at the end of episode two where he grabs the fucking grenade, pulls the pin out, chucks the grenade, and puts the fucking pin on her finger and asks him to marry her. And I was in stitches. Baller move right there. Not only is that, like, fucking... Oh, man, your faves would never. But, God, that's so fucking funny. (sighs) Also, your bless her, bless her heart. Honest to God, straight up thinking, Hey, um, I have some, uh, runaway patients right now. Um... I need to punch them. This is exposure therapy. That 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 was Lloyd, not you. No, 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 no. I mean that that that's what he's telling her. You're that's what he's telling her, it. and your uh, is just going along with it. She kicks a guy out. Lloyd's like, uh, you believe that? <laughs> like, oh, sweetie, you you're buying this. Why are you buying this? And also the. Uh, it was originally just they were dating, but then he confused his mission with her while he's bleeding out and joins the party. Is like, oh, yours, my wife. Ah, shit, I fucked up. <laughs> Improv. We're winging it. <laughs> and uh, catch a food tree with your foot. So there's so much to talk about, but I'll say this: a this adaptation is doing a really stellar job. Mm-hmm. Turns out, combining two studios in one actually brings in some pretty sharp results. It's actually a pretty healthy production, all things considered. It's... I'll say this. I was not expecting the the most entertaining episode to be the one where the anime just straight up filled in a bunch of stuff and were like, okay, animators, you have a ball. Literally. There are <laughs> balls everywhere. Go nuts. <sighs> Yeah, like, this really does feel like a very complete package. You have a, a just a good blend of action, of you know domestic, you know comedy, gag stuff. You have Anya who can serve as a a younger audience surrogate, along with you know uh, Lloyd and Yor as the older audience surrogates. It just blends so well. Also, as it turns out. When your seasonal anime waifu of the season is in fact a older woman of age, that allows people to go fucking all in on thirsting. Like we're talking the it's... full-on Tex Avery wolf shtick. <laughs> not not even older age, our age, late twenties. Also, here's a question. Is your MILF? I'm gonna say yes. Well, she is a mother. She is Stephanie listening to you right now, by the no, way. No, she is not. <laughs> <laughs> she will later. I'm sure she will. Anyways, what I'm saying is your is a MILF. And I I still remember being at the Yes, I'm gonna call out Megan for a second. I still remember being at the panel where they revealed Crunchyroll had spy family. And her saying next to me, oh my god, he's, why is he so fucking hot? 
So yeah, <laughs> Lloyd and Yor are disasters and a trip. Very funny, very charming. It makes the fact also the fucking like interview is like actually like really compelling because there's just a dude who's just a dick bag because his wife divorced him and took the kid that he's acting extremely uncouthed questions about hey which do you prefer your old mommy or your new mommy Ugh. and it's so gross that old guy by the oh, way oh god I love the Henderson uh, I'm pretty sure that's Barry Yendel too as a uh, Henderson and that dude fucking rules that dude is so good. He clocks that dude so hard, and he's like, I passed you because you hit the desk, and you killed a mosquito, and you saved him from mosquitoes because they are deadly, so now you are at the top of the waiting list. <laughs> what a fucking baller, dude. And also, this dub is also really good. Alex Oregon, Natalie Von Sistine, and Megan Shipman are all delightful. But I also really love Anthony Bowling as Frankie, especially in episode five, when he's just fucking <laughs> yucking it up. Yeah, it was very funny. It was very entertaining. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, Lloyd's English voice kind of reminds me a bit, uh, usually when he's just thinking reminds me of uh corn fed from Duckman. if anyone else knows what that show is very interesting poll but i can kind of hear it yeah it's a very suave very down-to-earth kind of voice yeah uh, alex oregon is definitely definitely a treat for sure um but yeah no i've been enjoying this i i'm very i think the team is definitely doing a killer job on this and I think it's silly to to rate things so highly before a thing is done. But I can see why this is taking the world by storm. I see why everybody likes it. It's charming. It's endearing. It's a ton of fun. It's good comedy. It's good characters. And it's just very interesting, entertaining scenarios. It, it is, the, it is yeah. the, the real, it is the full package for sure. Mm-hmm. Also, that opening is killer. Yeah. Now, I hope you all realize this is the start of the new wave of Jump. If you, any of you saw Patch Wolf's uh, State of Show and Jump video, you'll know there's a bit of a turf war going on between the more traditional print Shonen Jump and the more modern and experimental Jump Plus, the mobile app. I have said this before, I will say it again, I think there is a very real possibility within our lifetime we will see the Shonen Jump physical magazine dissipate for Jump Plus. It's starting to show its effect because uh, One Piece, starting to have a bit of dip in sales, due in part to its longevity, what was once a major point for its as a strength it's now feeling like a weakness yeah it's it's like one piece is still a big deal but it's also been a big deal for 25 years when you're over a hundred volumes in makes it a little intimidating for new people to get into it and that's what jump needs right now new audiences yeah Ironically, they're getting new audiences. 
just in a different form. The, the digital space of Jump Plus is kind of like a king is like a kingdom for some really big mm-hmm. titles. Like Spy Family is the biggest one. The next big one we're going to see is for sure Kaiju number eight. It's also thanks to that video yeah. on a whim I decided to read Takapi's original sin. Thanks, John. That was great and also <laughs> horrifying. Holy uh, shit. Yeah, uh, Jump Plus is going to be on the rise at this at this rate. Because, yeah, we have Spy Family, Kaiju Number 8, Don Da Don, Chainsaw Man. Part 2, yes. Did the heel turn and is going over to Jump Plus. And many Plus, more. You know, eventually. Many more. It's a matter of time which of those is going to be the breakout hit yet. Jet, I promise I'm going to get to Don Da Don. I just caught up to Sakamoto days. Uh, so, oh, okay, good. You already knew, but I was about to... Yeah, uh, I'm very curious about that. But no, um, Spy Family is very good. You can see why it's doing well. It, it's just a, it's just charming. It's just fun and charming and entertaining. Mm-hmm. It also, I'll say this. As somebody caught up on the manga, I think one of the funniest things I've one of the funniest things I've seen is hey, this charming, fun little wacky spy comedy thing um is doing very well. What is the new chapter we're going to re- release? Oh, this is probably one of the most depressing chapters in the entirety of Spy Family. Wow. Yes, my family is not afraid to go places sometimes. <laughs> ah, it's very good. But, uh, yeah. There's another contender for must-watch of the season, though. It's a very fun show, indeed. It's a show, uh... Well, if y'all know anything about Reverse Isekai, this might not be it, but... I'm calling it anyway. It is Ya Boy Kong Ming. I man, Spy Family and Ya Boy Kong Ming are like neck and neck for which one is the OP of the season. There's an argument for both. I there really is. This mm. is a show that takes epic rap battles of history quite literally, and it's very fun. <laughs> so yes, they do. Th- this is one of those premises you write on paper, and it's like this shouldn't fucking work. It totally works. So, what what is his full name? Zhuge Liang. Uh, he is a uh, master tactician known from the days of the of like the romance of the three kingdoms. I think that that's what it is. Uh, on his deathbed, in the middle of like his uh his sides campaign. Um, he dies basically thinking, I want to li- re- be reborn in a world full of peace. And winds up in modern-day Shibuya on Halloween as, like, his younger self in his full garb and just winds up with a bunch of fucking drunk Japanese guys in the middle of Shibuya. They're like, yo, that's fucking Kongming! Yo, that's a Three Kingdoms guy! Yo, you wanna fucking party with us? And he's like, is this hell? Yo, you want a fucking shot? <laughs> and he just downs a fucking thing of tequila with them and just joins them in a club? Because of course he does. And then he hears 
Aiko, uh, our lovely, our lovely little uh, plucky protagonist. He hears her sing, which, by the way, she is very hot in that uh, Oni costume, by the way, unrelated. He hears her sing, is basically mm. enthralled with her immediately. Like, he's like, ah, oh, this club music's kind of fucking, I don't care for this. And then he hears her sing, he's like, oh, this, oh. Who is this demon songtress? Oh, this song, this angelic songtress from hell. She has moved my heart. And then, kind of in a drunken stupor, she brings him back to her apartment as he's kind of processing everything's going on. And he basically decides... He basically decides he will become her subordinate and help her with her dreams because she's basically a struggling musical artist who, like, fell in love with music because, like, she was at her lowest point in high school almost offed herself until her her bo- her boss who basically is just her dad at this point he he great. is just her dad at this point brought her to a club uh there was like this american performer that sang and changed her life and she wanted to pursue music like like actually pursue it but she's been struggling and kong ming decides to take it upon herself tell me what it is you want I will use my genius and I will m- make your dreams manifest. And initially she's like, what? Yeah, but as it turns out, motherfucker can talk the talk and walk the walk. Uh, yeah, he's got good business. He's, he is a shockingly scary business tactician for the music scene. And also, I love how his boss... I I thought his boss actually thought he was real. I don't think his boss... I don't think uh, Aiko's boss actually thinks he's real. He's just like, man, all these fucking kids don't know shit about the Three Kingdoms. I like that this old dude can talk to me about the Three Kingdoms. So you're hired. <laughs> and stay dressed up like that. I think it's cool. And yeah, just it's a pretty engaging like musical like underdog rags to riches journey. And it's actually very cathartic when things work out like when when Echo is set up to fail basically performing the same time as like a big performer and he's like, "Oh, I know what I got to do. I'm going to lure people in. I'm going to use all these lighting tricks." To make people disoriented and not know where the exit is. So people come in, don't know how to get out, and they are trapped in here. So they're here with us, but they stay because they realize, oh shit, no, this girl's got a great singing voice. And that's like a real strategy he used, but modernized for like a club scene. Oh yeah, that was pretty funny. And that's it's so good. And then you've got like the fest the Yoyongi art fest with like the popular indie band and he's like using all the knowledge he's learned against them and he uses a fake a fake staged equipment fuck up as the perfect opportunity to strike when the moment is right. And I'm like, oh that's so good. This is this is great. And then he gives them throat medicine. He gives them, then he just gives 
gives these guys some fucking honey, and he's like, "Oh yeah, no, I got, I got, I got you, bro." The the like, look, I want to, I we can avoid bloodshed if I give you what you want, and then we can be allies. It's like there, there's a method to it. So not only is Kong Ming a delightfully charming quirky character that is very funny to see interacting with like the music clubbing scene Aiko is a very charming endearing protagonist too they are a great tag team oh yeah uh, I'm curious uh, how far did you get I got to meet Kabetani I got to Kabetani Kabetani and I got to the fucking rap battle, which was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Which I thought was very funny that there's this very, like, tough guy that's basically looking at this plucky, like, sickly anime kid. It's like, yo, you fucking beat me fair and square. Get back in the game. I know you got something you want to say. And it's like, no, I can't. And it's like, oh, he's stressing. He's quitting because he has a very understandable stress stomach ulcer because the pressure of being so good and freaking out when he thought he couldn't keep up is was stressing him out to the point that he was getting sick which is a real thing then Kongming scouts him out recruits him as he's just in a fucking laundromat Puts a fucking sutra in his head. Is like, yo, I'm doing a rap thing. Come, come hang out, bro. And then he's like, oh, we're gonna fucking eight mile this. <laughs> Full credit to High Dive subbing team for. Oh yeah. Putting in all of that crazy work to actually get everything timed right. I think it's right. Jake Jung in particular for this one because I, I love the Kaguya-sama rap, but you can definitely tell that trying to translate some of that was a bit tricky for them. It feels like the rap verse in Kongming was crafted lovingly with care and attention to detail for rhyme and verse. Yeah. Uh, yeah, flow really well. It's good flow and it's good translation. It's fucking aces. I can see why mm-hmm. this one's probably going to take a while to dub because that, that takes a bit of work. Like, you could probably get away with not dubbing the songs, but, like, the raps are critical. And that's yeah. going to take a bit to get right. Ooh, yeah, that's why, I, that's why I'm waiting on this show. I I really want this to be I, dubbed. I, I think it's going to happen. Just, just, I think it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. It, 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 it's definitely going to happen. Who do you, who do you think is going to voice Kong Ming? Um, John Gramillion. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, that could be good. Uh, uh, my current frontrunner would be Jason Douglas. Jason Douglas. That would be acceptable, too. I'll be honest. I, I, I know if this was, like, maybe, like, a fucking Dallas thing, I probably would have said maybe, like, fuck it, let's do a Gentle LaBrava, John Gramellian, Megan Shipman. But I, I could see either uh, Brittany Karpowski or Juliet Simmons as a goat. Oh, Juliet Simmons, I think. Either way, I'm game. Either way, I, I, I enjoyed this. I was not expecting to watch as much of this one as I did, but I very much enjoyed it. And this was this was very fun to watch. A surprise delight 
I, I found out that it's based on a manga, and I was like, that can't possibly be as good as watching it as an anime. Surprisingly, <laughs> it, it, interestingly enough, PA Works almost never does manga adaptations, so it was very interesting to hear they did a, that they actually adapted a manga. I thought that was pretty interesting to find out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can, can we talk about that moment where there's this rabbit, and it, it, it just crawls over to the boss, and lets the boss hold the ra- What? That doesn't happen. I know, but it was adorable. And let the boss be a Disney princess, goddammit. He's a good dad, okay? He is the best dad to this girl. It's actually adorable. He looks like some fucking, like, Yakuza enemy. And it's like, no, you are actually, like, the best dad this girl could ask for. He may have been your father, but, but girl, he wasn't your daddy. Big energy from that dude. I, I love the boss. This one, this was a lot more fun than I was expecting, but very strong, very mm-hmm. delightful. If you have a high dive, this is definitely, definitely check this one. watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, and back into the realms of rom coms we go. Starting with the now uh, delayed, unfortunately, it was, was going to happen at some point. Shikimori's not just a cutie. I'll say this: I think. Uh, there's a lot of strong romantic comedies this season, so it feels weird to say that I think this is one of the weaker ones, but that doesn't mean it's bad. I think that just means the competition is that stiff. It's a, it's a, uh, yeah, I'm so, yeah, this is perfectly solid, but it does have a lot of competition. It's got a lot of competition. Was... I'll say this, this does have one of the benefits a couple of them don't, which is they're already an item at the start, which is a good it's a, uh, selling point. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, yeah, I was going to say, uh, just as a random aside, uh, yeah, uh, definitely as I, uh, to a certain, you know, uh, wrecking website being obnoxious about uh, the anime. Oh, okay, could, you, could you explain what's up with that? I know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, so there's just, like, a random mal post about, like, I don't know, I guess, like, one of the, I guess, like, one of the mods on Mal just, like, I like, like, oh, like, the anime. The anime's a the bust rating, because. Because it's rated, like, a few points lower than the manga. It's, it's like, like the out. manga is rated a 7.8 with less than 15,000 15, users now that I'm looking at it. And the anime is rated with like a 7.04 with 55,000 users. Like literally triple. That's not even a bust. That's fucking fine. Like a perfectly serviceable 7 out of 10 in that regard. I'll say this. I, I think this is a pretty basic show. But I think the characters are very charming in this. I do like the main couple there. I don't think it's like hilarious, but I think it is charming. I think, I think that's, what, that's the big thing holding it back, is that it's not a gut buster like some of the other ones, but these characters are very charming. I love... Izumi's... Izumi's fucking... Poor kid. Just fucking Komida level bad luck. I did I didn't go into this thinking I would get a Milo Murphy's rom com. 
It's an interesting way of putting it. But yeah, I so he so uh Izumi is dating a girl named Shikamori. Izumi and Shikamori, they don't know it, but they're in a battle. They are in a battle to figure out who is what. Izumi is a bottom who wants to be a top, and Shikamori is a top who wants to be a bottom. They don't yet know that switches exist. Yeah, that brings me to the whole deal. That's one way to put it. Okay. If you want a less crass way to put it, uh, Shikamori is not just a cutie, is he asked for no pickles, the anime. Yeah, pretty much. But yes, uh, Shikamori is very cu- They are very cute together. I love what she's trying to be, like, very cute and girly, but when she also gets very intense, it's great. Also, major shout-outs to Maisie Ann Johnson on this one. Um, she is really talented. Mm-hmm. I've loved all the things she's done prior. I adored her work in Smile Down the Runway and fucking Akudama Drive in particular, and she's still really good as, like, a romantic comedy heroine in this. She's... She's delightful. Um, also, the squad. Their squad is great. Baku bro is just Bakugo, but the biggest bro. Um, the other girl, whose name uh, is Izanami? I, I forget her name. Neko. Neko. Nekazaki. Nekazaki is very fun. Izanami and Nekazaki. I see what they do. Anyways. Um, Nekazaki is great. She's, she's very fun. My favorite is Hachimitsu. I love Hachimitsu. This little blonde bitch is dead in her eyes, and I love her so much. She has she uh, has good. very deadpan, quirky delivery, and it's it's just a treat. We gotta talk about Izumi's parents. Oh, his parents! Last time I didn't know if that was his grandpa or his dad. That's his dad. Yeah, it's his dad. Also, his mom is very hot, too. She is indeed a MILF. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate it. Like, she, she... Look, okay. So she doesn't look like an old lady, but she, you know, she has some lines in her face. You could tell she's an older woman. She doesn't just look like a teenager who's tall. She, she, she's got the fine... She, uh, fine wine is the phrase I would use. Yeah, it's fine one. She's and- not she's not the mom from Masamune's Coon Revenge, where they took an eleven oh. year old character and said she was forty. No. Oh, no, no. Uh but his his dad is just 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 the the nicest old man. Oh, you're flirting in front of me. Also, his mom might be hitting on his girlfriend. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, you're good for my kid. Oh, damn, you're fine. Your mom calls me Bay, too. <laughs> oh, my God. But, no, they're they're very yeah. cute together. I, it's very quirky. I, I, but, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's actually pretty well animated. I really like the OP and ED on this. The OP is very cute. And the ED is just a fucking rhythm game, and it's... Vi- I love how, like, she does all of the dodges of this insane rhythm game. He takes one soccer ball to the face, and he just smiles like he protected her, and it's very cute. 
I like I, I'm gonna say is this is not a show I particularly loved. I don't think it blew me away, but this is another show I would say is very charming and sweet, and I I enjoyed watching this one, and I I'm gonna keep keep up with it. Okay, wasn't too into it myself, but uh, thankfully there is a uh, show here that I am more into. <clears throat> Love After World Domination. I, I would definitely say I think I enjoyed Love After World Domination more than I did Shikamaru. I think that... It's mm. so nice we have a Red Ranger who keeps his nose above the law. Well, well, I mean, in-universe here, he's he's colluding with the enemy every episode. I, I mean, it's still legal. <laughs> But for a good reason, not for, you know, defrauding the government. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. Kudo would never fraud the government. Yeah, yeah, I'm caught up on this. Well, actually, I was in the middle of watching the latest episode right before we were recording, but yeah. I have seen the first four episodes, and I will say these two are fucking dorks. And I love them mm-hmm. dearly. They're perfect for each they other. They are also both very hot, but both very stupid. Which I'm noticing a trend. You know what the key to a good romantic comedy is? Make them both very hot and very dumb. Okay. <laughs> himbos? The stock of himbos has never been higher. Invest in himbos. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <sighs> a himbo. Yeah. They're putting up the right clips on their uh, YouTube channel. I never told you what I like. How do you know all that? Uh, I-, I just found all that on your Instagram. <laughs> Oh, and those comments, uh, they he were He did me. the thing where he went through the social media and liked a post from, like, four months ago, and it worked. Bold move. <sighs> and also, it, it's, it's dorky and silly, but also it does make me care about this relationship. Because, like, he, he is doing what he thinks his optimal date would be, is let's go to a gym and work out. And then he finds out, oh, wait, no. Girls... It are dressed up nice they don't want to get all sweaty and gross and he actually has like close to like kind of a panic attack where he thinks she's ditched him and he's like actually like freaking out and like getting really upset and thinking like oh shit oh god I actually fucked this up oh god please I'm so sorry Decimate please give me another chance I will I will be better I will I will be better and then she's like what and I'm just I'm just glad we have a couple here that doesn't tiptoe around everything. They just establish brass tacks, which is something that happens so rarely now. See, nowadays. Alex, I know what you meant by that. The entire premise of the show is tiptoeing around everything. But I mean, in terms of their, and their feelings, feelings of and their what they're thinking. No, no, no. That's what I mean. They're, they're very forward that's with their mean. feelings, but they're like, oh, I don't know how affectionate I can I agree. Get. That's, that's moving too fast. But that makes for an excellent build because you want to see them get closer. We're holding hands. That was too they good. are very big dorks, and I, I, enjoy, I enjoy this pair immensely. And I also enjoy their supporting cast and the scenarios that they are in. 
Let me talk to you about that yellow ranger. Saki Omnesan. When I saw her with a beer in her hand, it was like, oh, thank you. Because <laughs> Desume and Kudo are both teenagers. Oh, yeah, they're in high school as well as the the pink ranger, Haru, which we'll, we'll get to her in a second. Oh, gosh, Haru. Yeah, to which, like I said, I was watching the pretty little watching the latest episode, uh, which finally uh, focuses a little more on, like, the Blue Ranger, and, like, the post line with him is actually, like, I was expecting the show to... I definitely can't say I was expecting that joke, but it's actually funnier than it is any right to be, and it's kind of impressive. Good stuff! But yeah, the, the, so far, like, the core is the is the main pair, but the supporting cast is not bad either. Like, they are at least charming and funny. Like, the, the other princesses at the, at the bad organization are all very fun and quirky. So. Yeah. I appreciate that. Also, plus, also, I, plus her, uh, her, uh, like the guy right above her, the the bear, like he's freaking. Oh, great. the bear, the bear is great. I, I love the <laughs> fucking Colvarian bear. I also love how like there's like a espionage mission. Fudo's just like I haven't seen Destiny in two weeks. Oh hey, uh, we need to sneak into the enemy base. Oh god, it's a suicide mission. I'll go. I must do what needs to be <laughs> done. Please try to understand, Misaki. He has to do this. It's for the fate of his world. God, uh. what a hero. He's like, that's me. I missed you. It's like, what the fuck are you doing here? He's like, I want to see you. And then she sits on his face. Uh. And then it's like, man, g- good for you, buddy. <laughs> good, good. Didn't I just see someone else in here? No, that's clearly your imagination. Also, damn. There's... There is a tremendous amount of uh, they're off doing their date thing, and then they get interrupted, and they have to immediately go into battle mode. They are very good, very, very good, good at it. They, they gotta keep they gotta keep kayfabe up when they're around people. I was just people. thinking they gotta keep kayfabe. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, no, Desmi's very cute and charming, but she's rocking the whole sexy lingerie villainess thing too, and. Also, the ep- I really liked episode four, which was like, oh, this does the drama good? Uh-huh, yeah. I was surprised. I'm like, wow, this has the drama and feelings, and it made me care. Because he sees her out at a cafe with Haru, the, the little pink ranger girl. And she thinks she's... The, the thing that kind of caught me off guard was that... She's, like, she's basically, like, ready to kick his ass and something like that. And he's basically reassuring her, like, I, I'm faithful. I would never cheat on you or do anything. And she's like, I know that. But I'm angry that I have all these bitter, jealous emotions. And I feel so fucking angry and weak. And I think you're too good for me. And I feel like I'm losing my mind. And it's like, wow, that's charming and interesting. And then the prick ranger totally knows what their deal is. I love how she, like, kind of catches them in the act. And I love in the dub, especially. They threw in a fucking Brooklyn Nine-Nine in there. Like, cool. Cool, 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 cool. (laughs) <laughs> which was an ac- excellent uh, choice also ba- ba- uh, major shout outs to Lindsay yeah. Seidel as Destiny and Anthony Damasco as uh, 
Gelato Red, a.k.a. Fudo, they are very fun and charming together. This show will not win any awards, but it's a fun show. It's not going to set the world on fire, but fuck is it cute and fun. Also, I'm going to give credit to Project Number 9 for a very specific element. I think every single anime from Project Number 9 looks the goddamn same. Literally every single anime they have put out lately, it's like, they look like the same show. It's kind of insane. Love After World Domination actually has a different art style and direction, and I appreciate that. And it looks very good. It it, it looks very jarring. It even has some good action animation, which is surprising. But yeah, what I'm saying is, look at Bottom tier character Tomozaki and Higehiro literally back to back. They look like the same show. Oh, oh yeah. And yeah, and then do. you throw on the upcoming my steps my stepmother's daughter is my ex, and that also looks like the same show. I can't I almost can't believe that this show is being done by that. <laughs> you see where I'm going at with that, right? Wow. Wow. Yeah, you see what I mean. Also, want to give a shout out to Macy Ann Johnson again for playing Haru, who is love-struck, but her feelings are unrequited. And then they have, like, a fight. They literally fight about it, and then they have a heart-to-heart and a good cry and an understanding. And then Fudo comes back, and he's afraid that his girlfriend killed her. Ugh. <laughs> 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 Very silly, very charming, very endearing show. I I have been enjoying my time with this Mm -hmm. one. I was going to ask, why would such a nice girl like Desimi join the evil organization? But that is actually explained. Is it? Yes. Uh, As vague as as possible, uh, her family... It's the family business. Yeah, basically her dad was a mook in the organization. And so yeah. he always so he always wanted his little girl to join and like that's why she's in there. I always <laughs> wanted my girl to grow up to be a commanding ranger. I'm so <laughs> proud. Some uh. some daughters take o- some some kids take over their family's bakery. Some kids world domination. That's cool. But will we see her have a brother who's just a skeleton and a uh. Goldar XP? <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I I did enjoy this one. I don't even think it's my favorite show, like my personal favorite show of the season. We'll get to that. All right. All right, now we get to uh, our... Uh... I guess I guess we can call them sports-ish kind of anime of the season. <laughs> Starting with the latest show from MAPPA, which somehow is not getting a dub, at least not yet. The manliest manime to ever manly manime. Dance, dance, dance sewer. Uh, be, uh, so, uh, be right back. Uh, booking a flight to uh, Texas. Gotta, uh, you know, have a little chat with uh, some of those uh, Crunchyroll executives wondering why this is not being done right now. It's... Uh, can we blame Anaplex for this, or... There I has to be it. someone to blame 
for why this is being left off. I mean, it is worth noting this is being dubbed in other languages, so like, so, I mean, so like they are putting out the them. money. Good but for like, them. Not English for some reason. What about us? Look, look. I'll say this. I'm less worried because literally right now they just started ongoing dubs for Tac Op Destiny, Sukumichi Moonlit Fantasy, and Motherfucking Fruit of Evolution. I think they're gonna go back for this one in a season or two. Mm. I can't okay, uh, up in that last one. <laughs> side note side note about this. Disney's involved with this project. Y- this is a they're Disney on the pl- committee. This is a Disney Plus exclusive in Japan only. Okay. Well, that's interesting. And if it wasn't just in Japan only, it's possible summertime rendering would also summertime rendering and dance 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 sewer would have been in the same boat. Well, I'm glad it wasn't, because I'm rather enjoying it. I was like, oh yeah, so, uh, basic tips of uh, this whole show, uh, so this follows a joy, a boy named Junpei, who, when he was really little, he saw, uh, he saw this really cool, uh, ballet performance by, like, this delinquent-looking guy, he thought, oh man, this looks really cool, so I want to do ballet. Uh, his dad is, his dad was, like, a big sub-coordinator guy, he was kind of, like, a little off-putting, by it at first, but he saw that Junpei was really into it. He's like, you know what? Go for it, son. And then, unfortunately, Junpei's dad passed away, and his uncle was like, well, you're the man of the family now. So Junpei's like, okay, well, I guess I gotta act like, you know, manly. So so he decides to ditch ballet to, you know, learn martial arts and stuff. Uh, But he still kind of has, like, a secret passion for it, so... And so it does seem becomes like, you know, a very kind of uh, typical kind of meathead middle schooler. It's like where it's like where you know it's like where you know he's trying really hard to pretend like he's kind of above everything while, you know, still secretly practicing the ballet moves because of course he is. And so, okay, and then like and then one day while he's like doing those moves, he runs into it's like, uh, he runs into this pretty girl at school who recognizes that he's doing ballet moves and so, and basically tricks him into following her to her mom's ballet studio. And so, and so, and kind of gets so, and kind of getting him back and sorry involved back in ballet. And uh, in the process of doing that, uh, we are introduced to another so, uh, to another kid who practices ballet, a a kid named Luo, who's uh, kind of like who's kind of like very reclusive. Uh, he also goes to the same school as the other two, but, like, he hasn't gone in a while because I guess he's kind of, like, uh, very socially withdrawn. So, uh, so Junpei and Luo kind of uh, don't like each other very much, and that's kind of a big conflict for the first uh, couple of episodes. And then uh, we get into uh, episode three, where Luo, uh, where Luo goes back to school, and, uh, we are treated to what is uh, possibly the most realistic depiction of bullying I have seen in any anime in a while, and it is actually pretty, uh, it's actually pretty rough to sit through. And because I do pay his friends, and he signed to uh, bully Luo because he's so socially withdrawn, and uh, it's a very unpleasant ride. And, uh, with, and uh, while you would expect Junpei to, you know, I guess be a, you know, Typical show to protagonist and kind of like intervene at some point. Uh, he's kind of initially not 
very inclined to do anything because he's still, you know, I'm struggling with his whole thing about what it means to be manly and all that. And, so, and, so, and then, uh, dude pays friends, uh, basically do a thing where, uh, they, that where after they find out that, uh, Luo's mother used to be, like, an idol or something, uh, they do a thing where during a school assembly, they drag him onto the stage in girls' clothes to, I guess, have everyone make fun of him. And then Luo, like, does a big ballet performance. And it ends up impressing everyone, and Junpei's like, oh, well, wow, what am I doing with my life? So, uh, Junpei finally decides to tell his friends he's in the ballet, his friends are, you know, they suck, so, uh, they obviously aren't into that, but, uh, Junpei finally, you know, uh, gets it together and, uh, decides to commit to the whole ballet thing. And, uh, yeah, this is a very, uh, this is a very interesting show I like it a lot so far. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's compelling. The the characters are, are well written, and it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Very nice, pretty looking show. Mappa Indeed. doing Mappa. I will check this out at some point. This was one of the few big ones we're talking about. I actually did not get around to. Yeah, same with me. This will be in when it gets dubbed uh, tile because. <sighs> Same with uh, this next show here. Uh, okay, I okay, okay, okay. I was re- okay, you know, I was being nice when I said that. when I was like, you know, questioning why Crunchyroll hadn't, you know, dubbed and said that you're, you know, maybe questioning executives. Like, with this next one, I am actually willing to go to like a border with a baseball bat, wondering why they aren't dubbing this. Okay, no, 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 jet, jet, jet. It's not a baseball bat. It's a 48-inch club. Yeah, count me in as one of those people who will happily go to San Francisco, uh, go to a Giants game, then a Warriors game, and then go to the Crunchyroll offices and ask him, why the hell y'all didn't sign on to the Birdie Wing? This, this is insane. This, this is such a crazy Dumb, awesome show. How did you screw it up, guys? Uh, so, also, the screw-up is not the show. It's on the fact that this was passed over for an English dub. Yes, that, that's what I was referring to. Are we entirely sure that this isn't being like brought via Bandai in particular? I, I'm i going to be uh, honest, okay, okay, I don't uh, know. I mean, uh, well, honestly, this being a Bandai show makes it even weirder it's not being done because, like, it's Bandai. They have no problem with things being dubbed. Yeah. They're pretty proactive. They're, pr- they're very proactive about that sort of thing. They also announced the day this premiered that this was uh, going to be a Crunchyroll thing. Hmm. So, so, yeah, it's it's a little odd. Anyways, um, so this, this shit's manic, and this shit is very, very lesbian sexual tension-y. <laughs> oh, man. Also, it's batshit insane, like, fucking golf drama. Now, look, golf gets a bad rap as being a boring spectator sport. I would disagree. I've been to a few golf events. I've seen uh, what they do in Arizona with that big, you know, 16th hole with 
20,000 spectators. Whenever there's a hole-in-one, everybody just throws beer all over the field. It's a fun time. If you know how it works, it can be a fun, enjoyable ride. Tennis, however, is absolutely boring, but I get why, I get why the premise of a golf anime would be a little weird. Okay, Alex, I, okay, Alex, I, okay, I know you were saying, like, golf could be very interesting, to which I'd say, okay, but have you ever seen a game of golf where someone, like, suits a golf ball between a running train? This is what I was getting to. How do you make a golf anime interesting? You make it absolutely mental. It's pretty fucking mental, man. With a heavy <laughs> dash of Mario Golf. Like, girl brute force strengths to the point where she fucking chucks it and knocks off a tree branch to keep the trajectory going. That's wild! But also she's doing it for the orphans. She's making money for the orphans by, like, posing as somebody else, but also doing golf gambling? Uh, yeah, golf gambling. Uh, she's also involved with the mafia who likes to play uh, very specific. Like, who's also very into the golf scene and, like, likes to settle, like, big property disputes with rounds of golf. I also... She also meets a rival that is basically, like, bred to be a perfect golfer that is referred to as the innocent tyrant, and then she is in lesbians with her rivalry? Uh. Fucking wild. I didn't even get to the episodes with the fucking snake chick. Oh, uh, yeah, to... Yeah, to well, uh, you need to catch up, sir, because it's getting crazy. Is, is, yeah, to which uh, there was a recent description of that character in like the most recent episode review that I think that, that it's gonna sound extremely weird to you, Andrew, but I promise it will make sense at some point. Okay, you see this fairy snake lady, you would think, okay, she's going to be like you know some like intimidating, that's a, uh, you know like some intimidating like sex vampire or something. Yeah, and, and she kind of is that for like the very first episode he's introduced in, but after that, and I kid you not. She's basically the speed wagon of this show. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> yeah. What? Drink it in. <laughs> <laughs> what the f- fucking? Okay, yeah. So this is just this is just batshit lesbian camp. I think I I heard this. I think I the guy who's reviewing it for ANN said, um, said that Birdie Birdie's wing Birdie is it Birdie's wings Birdie wing Birdie wing Birdie said that Birdie wings is to lesbians what skate is for gays, and honestly, yeah, that checks out. I said, yeah, to it. Again, I really want to know, again, like, I said this on Twitter, but, man, there are a lot of boardroom meetings where, like, I really kind of want to wonder how something got made. But for this show in particular, I really want to know how the staff of this show somehow convinced Bandai and Sunrise execs to make this show over, you know, like, maybe a new Love Life season or, you know, maybe another Gunplus spinoff or something. Because it's technically still advertising Bandai Namco things. Yes, it is. 
Yeah, it is, is technically still a commercial because she bet on a gunpla and the fucking Owie Amawashi. Her fucking her fucking golf ball is Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. She calls Paku Paku. Anime of the recently as we have made a show out somehow, and I kid you not, I am pretty sure this is a daytime show and it's probably getting two cores. What? Fan oh that 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 would be so fantastic. We oh, need more of this. Please. Please, Bandai, Bandai, please, Toonami Bandai. <laughs> oh my god, it's, it's not getting Toonami. Yeah, I caught up to it, yeah, I mean, I caught up to the, I caught to the stuff that it's not introduced, like, even half of the characters in the opening, so it's like, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely two chords. Mm. Oh my god. <sighs> yeah, yeah, because it's Sanity. like, it's setting up the, the idea that, that eventually Eve is gonna, like, go professional, so that she can keep playing with Aoi, but... There's definitely a long road ahead of that. Yeah, uh, you know she's gotta get out of that. She's gotta get out of the golf mafia. So, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> just let me stress: there's a golf mafia. Okay, <laughs> clearly, the what we've learned from this is that as long as you promote anything they have, Bonsai Namco Pictures will make an anime about anything, and that's wonderful. We put in Gunpla. There's Pac-Man on this ball. I want to make a batshit sexual tension lesbian golf thriller. And I'm like, yeah, sure, fucking go nuts. Okay. Oh, and the amazing thing. Oh, and uh, we didn't even get into the really fun, fun, the really fun fact about the show. It is typically part of a cinematic universe. Get the fuck out of here! What? <laughs> what? Yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, the, yeah. So, the director of this show has uh, has worked on a couple of other things, uh, specifically a show called uh, Bad Blacks, and another indie show you might have heard of called Valkyrie Drive Mermaid. And uh, what? They, yeah, and the fun uh. thing, yeah, and the fun thing connecting all three of these shows is uh, the fictional country that our main character Eve is from, uh, Nefries, is mentioned in all three shows. So this, so Are those shows share. <laughs> From Valkyrie Drive to Golf Drive, okay. This is in the same universe as Valkyrie Drive Mermaid? Are you fucking shitting me? (laughs) I'm not, I'm actually not joking with you. Oh my fucking, oh my fucking. Uh, th- th- uh, there is nothing else to say. I I I mean, watch this show. I I I can't I can't outright confirm this. There is a direct reference to Valkyrie Five Mermaid in the show, though. That's that's the Narfreeze oh. country. Yeah. Wait. What? What's the other direct reference? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Well. It, oh. It, it wasn't from the director. It was from the writer. The director actually did Rosario Vampire. Uh. The writer, um, Yosuke Kuroda. That's the guy who's apparently connecting all this together. Got it. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, Rosario Vampire is not a high pedigree. Yeah, yeah, either way, that is so hilarious. Uh, Apparently, from what I'm pulling up here, uh, Yosuke Kuroda also uh, wrote as head writer, get ready for this, Tenshi Universe, Trigun, Excel Saga, Scryed, Gundam Double Zero, Big Windup, 
High School of the Dead, Jormungand, B-Tomb, Gundam Build Fighters, Gundam Build Fighters Try, Key 2, SAO Alternative, Gungale Online, and My Hero Academia. Okay, so this dude has unreasonable level of clout. That's why he can get away with this. Along with <laughs> Detention Mirror OVAs, uh, Helsing Ultimate, and Bastard Heavy Metal Dark Fantasy. The new one that's coming on the Netflix. I'm just going to say this takes place in the same universe as the Gunpla <laughs> shows. subscribe to this man's newsletter? <laughs> this guy gets around. Like, that is lineage. I, I agree, Ash. I agree, Ash. Isn't that fucking weird? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, yeah, don't yeah. sleep on it. But yeah, Bernie Wing feels like it should not exist, but it somehow does, and it's it's glorious. I so it literally is. You put in a little modicum of advertising, and you can get away with it. Says Bandai Namco pictures. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, uh, time to uh, get just as crazy, if not a little dumber, with uh, this show. So, friends, it's very clear that, like, I'm a big fan of comedies. I have been adoring the new season of Kaguya-sama. I think Spy Family is delightful. It has taken the world by storm. I actually think the show I look forward to most week to week might be Aherensan Wahakarenai. This this show So, what I thought this show was going to be was a quirky quiet girl with her pretty normal guy friend slash blossoming relationship with the straight man who was a tall guy. What I got was the quirky comedy with the quirky quiet girl and her even dumber, quirkier, fucking enabling compatriot. The secret sauce that makes this show work is not just Aharin being small and cute and quirky. It's Rido being the dumbest motherfucker alive <laughs> and I love him I love this boy so so much he's so fucking stupid the dumbest bless his heart stupidest motherfucker in the world I love him so much himbo stock is through the fucking roof <laughs> You know what else is through the roof? Rap scenes. <laughs> Three this season. Why are there so much rap? It's in Kakia, it's in Kogming. And I'd honestly say, okay, Aharent is the worst. On purpose. Because Aharent sounds like an after-school drug PSA from the 90s level rapping. 
<laughs> and it is the exact energy it deserves. And it's so fucking... It's so funny. It's so stupid. Okay. And I can only imagine the show is set a couple years a, a couple years ago because... Uh, remember Fidget Spinners, kids? Oh, yeah. There, there, there is just the whole Fidget Spinner thing. And... Good lord. Oh, God. So... Fidget! I... I... Oh, God. There's so much... This show is so fucking funny. I... Nothing can prepare me for some of the ga- the deadpan gags of him getting all of the prizes from her winning the crap from like the claw game, and it's just like, oh, I got all of these now. Not sure what I do with them. He's just sleeping in his bed with them all surrounding him by his pillow, just staring at him. Just looks at the space. His little sister's like, "Can I have one?" No, these no, no. These were these were gifts. <laughs> and his sister's great too. She's kind of a bitch, but it's like that's what I believe a little sister would do. Is like be mean, and then he just takes it too far. She's like, "Oh, oh shit, dude. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings like that." But he's fucking a drama queen. He's he's getting tailed. And his first thought is, there is an assassin out to kill me. He's like, I've never done anything wrong. And then he remember, and then he remembers, like, kicking a soccer ball into a field of flowers and stealing his sister's pudding as a kid. And he's like, no, I am a horrible (laughs) goblin. (laughs) He's the goodest boy. Also, uh, also, I, I definitely major shout outs to uh, the people on this dub, especially Danny Chambers as Aharon, which is maybe the smallest Danny Chambers I've ever heard. And Ben Balmaceda as Raiho especially is so fucking stupid. So dumb, but he is so funny. And major, uh, major ups to uh, Madeline Morris for writing the script on this. Because there are some very choice additions, including today's episode, which was them playing basketball, and he, they managed to get Kobe, Boom Shakalaka, and Welcome to the Jam, all in the dub. Ah, that that makes my NBA Jam loving hearts very happy. Nice. Also, Stuart Scott is up in heaven approving of that. God, it's it's so funny. There's so many good, stupid gags. It's, oh. There's so many I could go on. The fucking dancing thing. Anytime they have to play a sport or compete with each other, it is the dumbest thing. But I will cap off my thoughts and say... This show had a shockingly wholesome segment in regards to a gag where Rido thought that, like, sees a... T- okay. So, like, they're at the arcade. Uh, Aharin goes to the bathroom. He sees somebody that looks like Aharin, but is acting completely different from her. So his first logical thought is, oh, shit, she has amnesia now. 
and then is like doing all the arcade things with this Aharin lookalike and it's like oh no they're bad at the crane game and this fucking uh, light gun game when they are really good at them something's up here wait a second Aharin has a big appetite you have a small appetite this can only mean one thing Aharin has clones you have been all cloned <laughs> in a factory together and you are trying to replace her and then Aharin just walks by is like oh hey uh, I see you ran into my uh, younger brother. Like, oh. <laughs> brother? Brother! Yes! <laughs> it is, in fact, her younger brother, who, as it turns out, is just like this grade school kid who tries on his sister's clothes. But it's like a wholesome level of, like, at the end of the episode, like, she's like, hey, why do you keep trying on all my clothes? It's like, because all my clothes aren't as, like, cute and and pretty as yours, sis. It, is it a problem that I keep wanting to try to wear your clothes? And she's just like, no, it, no, it's okay. And it's, like, weirdly wholesome and sweet and... Strangely wandering son. Yeah, like, queer positive. And it's the fucking outrageous stupid comedy. With this incredibly charming moment of, like, her younger brother who just, like, is comfortable wearing the, her sister's clothes and she's not belittling him for it. She's, like, actually, like, supportive. And it's shockingly sweet and wholesome for what is maybe the most outrageous, stupid, funniest fucking thing I'm watching this season. I, I I kind of love this show immensely. Like it, this is probably like my favorite of the season. I love it a lot. It's very good. I, I, I'm very endeared to these stupid fucking dorks. I, fucking bless their heart. I know this might this is way more calm than Rom, but it's like oh. These these two dorks eventually figured out what a fucking romantic relationship is. Like, oh my god, they're going to be married with two kids before they realize they were dating. <laughs> that does seem like and I'm here thing. for it, friends. I'm here for it. Go watch Aharin's <sighs> Big wreck. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Now we get uh, an interesting piece, all things considered. Pretty Boys doing horse racing. It is fanfare of adolescence. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. Y'all hear that Sawano drop? <laughs> I am just absolutely mystified that the show exists more than anything else. I don't know, Jack, about this one. This one's on you. I can talk about it. <laughs> so this uh, this kid, he's he's been in an idol group. I think there's like three people in his idol group. He's decided that he doesn't want to be an idol anymore. He wants to be a jockey for whatever reason. So he quits being an idol, which of course causes a big kerfuffle. And he goes to a school to learn to be a jockey. And 
another person who's joining in that class is like a country bumpkin who can like horse whisper. He, he literally talks to the horses. And uh, in the first day, everybody's making a big deal because this idol is attending this school. So there's like news coverage and a press conference. And he just doesn't want to deal with any of that, of course. Uh, and uh, then after the press conference, they're like hanging out and a couple of horses get loose. And everybody's panicking, you know, the new students, even the ones that were talking to the good shit before. They're like, oh man, what are we going to do? We got to get these horses. So they go and they try and get the horses. And the country bumpkin guy ends up being really good at catching the horse. And helps the idle kid track down the other horse. And that that's like the moment where the instructors are like, hmm, there may be something to these guys. And uh, in the second episode, we see a little bit more about uh, the, the guy's struggle with being a celebrity at this school where they're trying to do a documentary about his time there. And he's like, I don't want to do this documentary. He's like, well, it's part of your contract that, that allowed you to leave. You realize how much money you're costing us by breaking up the group and blah, blah, blah. blah. But, you know. He just wants to be a jockey and he gets to see a really exciting race and for whatever reason manages to uh, <laughs> guess who's going to win the race and also bumps into a professional jockey who gives him a hard time when he bumps into him in a place where he's not supposed to be and it's yeah it's a fairly typical learning a new sport type situation at a specific school but the whole idol thing is an interesting wrinkle wrinkle also Sawano does the uh does the soundtrack so like is what hype. is so what is the drop is it the fucking horse jumping over the fence <laughs> i don't even remember i just know in the second episode we were watching this uh race happen I'm like, this sounds like Sawano music. Oh yeah, it's definitely Sawano music. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, there is plentiful CGI horses. Uh, <laughs> but otherwise the show looks really good. It's uh it's 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 not going to get a lot of people talking about it, but uh, you know, it's it's kind of interesting. Give it a shot. I'll be honest, I didn't know what to expect. It kind of wasn't this, so... Yeah, right? I, I'm, I'm just going to play this clip. All I know is you've got a great attitude, so come on, you old son of a gun, and, and let Buster do a line off your boner. What? Okay. That's a clip from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia with uh, when Charlie gets involved with uh, a couple horse jockeys. <laughs> yeah okay I get it now we love you Peter Nincompoop man you like horse racing when the the horses aren't actually uh, girls <laughs> not not really yeah I know I you'd, rather, I, you'd, you'd, you'd rather watch Uma Musume right? 
I remember seeing Marissa Lenti do a post being like, man, I, I fucking love Uma Musume. I'd love to dub that. To which I'm saying, yo, let's Lenti and Sound Cadence dub Uma Musume. Yes. Extra challenge to extra challenge to you, Lenti. Try try not using anybody that was in Komodo Friends for that dub. That's like hard mode. <laughs> that is hard mode. Yeah. I, I just only like horse racing whenever it involves lots of people losing a lot of money on it. <laughs> All about the long shots. Okay. All right. Next up here, uh, more of the uh, ROM and the COM business. Yo. Idols. Oh, wait. Oh, no. This one. Okay. Never mind. Heroines. Run the show. I, I, I got a little ahead. Yes. This is ROM of the COM variety. So, our, this is the goodest bean with the goodest brows to ever brow the caterpillar. Bless her heart. She's a country girl. She wants to compete in track. Uh, she moves to Tokyo to go to a school that's got a good track team. She has no fucking money. All the good jobs are taken. Especially the jobs like when she wants to stay in the club so nobody wants to hire her because she's going to focus on her club and she needs money to live so she takes a job that looks like it's got good pay she interviews for it they ask hey do you like idols like I don't fuck what no really you're like a you're like a teenage girl like you don't like idols You you don't like male idols like look look at these two pretty boys aren't they hot like aren't they hot don't you want to don't you want to get jiggy with this like no they look they look silly congratulations you're hired congratulations you're hired is basically what they did (laughs) and then it turned out these two idols who are in fact her classmates who have been dicks to her are in fact the boys she is now in charge of managing their idol career. Or at least the net manager in training. But she can't tell anyone. But she can't tell anybody because, of course, she can't. Idol stuff. I think that's kind of ridiculous when they're at the shoot and you're like, you can't tell anyone that you're an assistant. Like, what? Why not? I mean, I'm already here. <laughs> I'm already here. Like, I could say, I can like. I kind of get why they wouldn't let you do that in at the school but boy it definitely complicates things for her it it sure does especially when I think I okay I'll say this I love I love this girl I think her name is Yori I'm sorry Uh, yeah I think it's Yori okay cool 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 Uh, Yori Yori don't you mean Hiyoko shut up the boss keeps calling her by the wrong name. I really like Hiyori. She is charming. She is plucky. She is a good little bean. Also, Sarah Weedenhef is very much carrying this. I think the male idols are almost too mean. Yeah, but they're probably... Yeah, they do get 
better in like later episodes, but they are too mean. I know but, they yeah. go- get better, and I know they're going to get better, and eventually feelings will ensue. But like that was my big problem with this is like in the first three or so episodes, it's like oh, yeah, wow, they were assholes, you guys yeah. fucking suck, and you hate each other too. This, this, this they're like. Getting on her case because she didn't drag them out of the classroom when they were getting uncomfortable. Okay. Uh, is it, yeah, in a weird... Uh, okay, I gave it like a... No, actually, I think it probably does make sense, given, like... Okay, given it says kind of have very, like, mid-2000s children's vibe. Uh, it does very much feel like the lead boys are kind of supposed to be... Uh, Reminiscence of the Silver Boys from Fruits Basket is I kind of felt that's what the vibe they were going for there. It it does feel like an older show, kind of modern day. I can at least see that. Is it, yeah, is it, yeah, it, yeah. It's like you know, it's like you've got, got your Oron vibes. No, no, uh, okay. I mean, specifically, it's like you've got your Kyo and you've got your God. Why is the other name? Yuki. Yeah, you've got your Kyo and you got your Yuki. Eh, kind of. You know what? Yeah, I can kind of see it. It's just... I I think that's my biggest problem with this because this should be a slam dunk of a show I really do enjoy and I like what it's putting out. I think my biggest barrier to entry, at least in the start, is that the idol guys kind of suck a lot more than I thought they'd suck. I want to hang out more with her, like, cute girlfriends. Yeah, not enough of them. Also, this takes place in the Honeyworks universe, so there's characters that showed up in previous Honeyworks stuff. If you care about that. I I don't. (laughs) Not at all. Do you think it's a bad idea to bring up who we joked about might play these two Uh, years ago? God, no! (laughs) No, you did Yeah, we all know who Blondie would be played by. Oh, no, no. Even that's too far from... Oh, no. No, 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 no. Uh, But it's uh, it's really fun. If you have seen the Honeyworks, like one of the couples in the Honeyworks that were like at odds for a while, but eventually became a couple, even though the girl had a crush on somebody else, and then there was this other guy who was like... Oh, but I really like you, and we should go out. It's like, yeah, but I've known you all my life, and I don't really like you that way. But eventually, they become. But this is this. The great thing is, is because it's in the dub of this. It's Dallas Reed. And oh my God! I was literally just thinking. Wait, is it the track girl and the soccer guy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's Dallas Reed and uh, Jill Harris. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Jill Harris. <laughs> okay, that's pretty. That's actually pretty cute. I didn't. So know it's that. especially fun when those two get kind of catty. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this it. I do enjoy this show. I I do recommend it. I think that's my biggest thing. Where it's like I like it, but I like it what I feel like a lot less than I should. It's because the, these guys they really suck at the start. The, they still kind of suck. Like episode three was like, okay, I, I'm, I'm seeing what you're doing. At least they could see through that one bitch. Yeah, that was that was pretty. <laughs> if, if they had actually sided with her, I'd be like, what are you doing? 
that was pretty good fartic. They're like, yo, you're you're kind of a bitch, dude. <laughs> but yeah, that was like, okay, that was all right. But that wasn't enough for him. Like, wow, you're having a wedding dream already? Dude. Girl, have some standards. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, but yeah, I... I, I like heroines run the show. I I was a little bummed out, but I I'm still gonna stick with it. I I still like what it's doing. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's very pleasant show. It's it's charming. I I like Kiori's energy a lot to stick with it. I if if the two idol guys get the stick out of their ass sooner than later, then I'm gonna have a more fun time. Yeah, I mean, I did watch up to episode four of the dub, and they do, and the trajectory does seem to be that they are getting like markedly better with time. So, which is which, I I know I know sometimes you're you're in the mood for a fixer upper, but like I don't know, I I this season has blessed me with a lot of really cute pairs and fun interactions. So seeing just a bunch of Difas being mean is... You're going to have to be really good to compete with that, man. Anyways, yeah, that heroines uh, run the show. I, I still enjoyed it. Okay, then. All right, and now we have here something that, Andrew, I know you wanted to talk about. It's, um... Interesting, I'll give it that much. The Executioner and Her Way of Life. Uh, so, uh, so, okay, uh, it, okay, it kind of a second there, the one who's been, like, probably doing this show the most. See, see, yes, I think it's literally because, like, in the original thing of this, this was just in the, uh, this was just in the everything else pile, and I pushed him to say, okay, no, this is, this one I think is actually worth talking about. And I agree. So... I don't have that much to add because I have only watched the English dub, which literally premiered at the time of this recording. So I've seen the first episode of Executioner. But I at least have a good idea of what this show is selling. And what this show is selling is actually pretty fucking interesting. Uh, yeah, uh, so, you know, uh... And so basically it deals with this world is, you know, you know, you've got your standard fantasy world where, uh, where, you know, kids get easy guided. But what if, you know, instead of, uh, following it from their perspective, it's from the perspective of people who live in that easy guy world. And, you know, instead of just like one random kid, it's like a bunch of them. Yeah. So that's a very interesting society in and of itself where, we start out with this one kid who's isekai and thrown out of the castle. He finds this nice young lady from the church willing to show him around. As it turns out, he is not the first. He is one of many other worlders that have been brought to their world and have effectively changed the landscape of the world and impacted their economy to the point that, like, cities in, like, this medieval town just look like a fucking, uh, Tokyo Shibuya town. Which is interesting in of itself. And he's like, oh. He's like, eh, I could use my street smarts and make a society. Oh, no, people have already done that. Uh, what am I good at? Uh, you ever heard of mayonnaise? Oh yeah, no, I've had mayonnaise. It's great. Which I'm like, I thought that was like a call out for like, uh... 
Oh my god, what even is it called? A prodigy? Uh, yeah. That whatever that one. Oh my god, I don't even remember the name. It doesn't even matter. Point is, it was like it was. It felt like a nice call out to one of those. But it's like, hey, so this this is a decent kid, but you see, he's just kind of like some schlubby teenager who's making comments about boobs. And then it turns out, okay, you've got nothing special, but you might actually have a secret power if you look inside yourself. And then it turns out he does have a power. His power is null. His power is literally to make nothing or to turn things back to nothing. So he's like, oh, I have this cool power. I have this cool companion. I have the strength to get back to people who have done me wrong, and then he's dead. And then he is fucking shanked by the girl from the church. Because she is an executioner. And she is basically putting these other worlders out of their misery. Because as it turns out, when they are forcefully brought to this other world by the ruling class for their own selfish desires and well-being, when they're brought over to the other world, they're given new powers. And those powers aren't just cute isekai powers. No, they are fucking calamities. They are literally catastrophic world-ending calamities if they are left unchecked. Like, the fucking main girl, Menu, is literally the sole survivor of, like, a girl who basically turned an entire fucking city into nothing but salt. Oh, oh not an entire city, an entire continent. What? I... <laughs> I thought it was just a city. That was a continent? Uh, you, you know, I, I think it was Jeff in his video who I mentioned... Something along the lines of this show being built upon a typical isekai premise, only for that premise to get flipped and broken in half, because it's not about the isekai fuckboy, it's about the people in the universe who are kind of tired of this, but there's so much more to it. And I think that's really interesting, and the other thing I like... I feel like, okay, here's the thing. I, I, I found out people downvoted this one because they were mad that, of course, the Isekai protagonist gets killed at episode <laughs> one, which is, one, it's a baited switch. I think it's a very effective baited switch. And two, if you want an Isekai with a, a normal kid that gets really strong and does the adventure and gets the cool powers and gets all of the women's... Buddy, you're not starved for options. You're so fucking not. I'm gonna credit Megan for this joke where I was talking about uh, this with her earlier, where it's the fucking Patrick Star thing. You took my only food. Now I'm gonna starve. Like, oh my god. Like, come on, people. Like, it's clearly telling something different. Let it tell something different. And we need different. How many friggin' fantasy isekai series have we gotten with the same build-up and a similar premise with a similar setting? And I think the other thing that I think is worth noting to the people downvoting this, like, it's clear that she 
needed to put this kid down because he was starting to develop his uh his ego and his kind of violence tendency and then she shanked him but it's it's clear she did that not because she was angry with this kid it was literally just like you're a victim in this you were brought to this strange world against your will your will with a strange powerful power you could not control i'm sorry i had to do this to you but also for the sake of my world and it's also got a very eat the rich messaging about the people in power summoning all these people to for profit gain and changing the world despite how much it puts the world in danger and the people living in it at risk so there's a nice level of eat the rich going on in two and that's just episode one and episode one doesn't even go into the fact that oh this is gay that's like, oh yeah, because uh, the yeah because the main story of this uh, follows uh, Meadow, our after method and executioner, and I said, and uh, the other other worlder who gets briefly mentioned in this episode, uh, Meadow, who uh, is that, uh, who who also has a very uh, specific calamitous power. You just called them both Meadow. Okay, Akari, okay, you mean. okay, yeah, Akari, my bad. Yeah, I got brain. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, uh, Akari also has like a very, um, also has a very a uh, powerful calamity. She's got powerful. crazy power. Uh, so, oh yeah, oh so, uh, yeah, like uh, time power, which is you know uh, that's fun. <laughs> um, so, um, so um, yeah, so basically, when uh, it turns out that uh, you know Meadows' usual go-to method of you know just uh, checking the person won't work on you know time magic as he has to try to find another way to uh, kill her and uh it's basically like that so the basic gist of the show is like her going on a journey with um akari to eventually find a way to kill her while i guess not letting her know that you know that's what she's trying to do i'm taking you somewhere that can send you back to your own world it's basically it's basically a cross-country road trip movie where the end goal is to old yeller her <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, uh, yeah, and and there, like, and there are a few like interesting, uh, there are a few interesting twists with that premise. Like in the most recent couple of episodes in particular, that uh, definitely do a lot to change things up. So I'm definitely very curious to see where it goes. And yeah, it's a pretty, yeah, it's a pretty solid show. It actually has some like pretty good world building. Like, as a, like I'm amazed how much it goes in on the idea of like, uh, of like Isekai protagonists and like. Japanese high schoolers is like deity figures, which is kind of funny. Like, there's even a moment where they have like, where they have like a, you know, kind of like a religious mural of like Japanese school kids, and it's really funny. It's it's a, this is a fascinating story that has something different it wants to tell, and I'm gonna be honest, I'm fucking with it. I'm fucking with this just in the first episode. I, I'm liking what it's putting down, and I want to stick with it. And I think yeah. it's really interesting. Yeah, you could. Mm-hmm. I, I am always in favor of changing the formula up a bit because just uh, we've seen way too many freaking isekai fuckboys running around. Like, it's not perfect. It's got <sighs> some flaws. Like, it's clear they needed to sell this to some, to some editor and be like, okay, uh, clingy, lolly, lesbian character. And okay, we can sell this now. That's not Akari, by the way. That's no, nope, that's Momo, who is 
I mean, girl knows to appreciate some fine legs, but still. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's an app, yeah, to which um, she does, but she is at, she does at least become like a somewhat more interesting character after like episode one. I want to find out what that buff sword lady's about. As, as, oh yeah, yeah, believe it or not, she actually has a pretty fun dynamic with the buff sword lady. I kind of want those two characters to date. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fuck it, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Let's work with this. Yeah, okay, executioner. Let's do the show. Okay, I'm down. All right. So yeah, uh, those are the shows of notes for this season. And as I see, it is uh, 11.05 as we're recording this. We have a big and the rest pile to get to, so I think we can make this relatively quick. Lightning round! Sure. So, uh, we're going to start with uh, something that just dropped on Netflix this week. Vampire in the Garden. Uh, yeah, I've only seen, uh, the first three episodes of this so far. Curious with the early five episodes of this, which is kind of odd, but, like... Okay. I think there might be more, but I'm not sure, because Netflix is not clear. As, as, yeah, I mean, of the three episodes of this I've seen so far, I dig it. It has, like... It's a, it's a kind of... It's a kind of post-apocalyptic setting, uh... Uh, humans got attacked by vampires, so like there's kind of like an ongoing war between humans and vampires, and it story kind of follows like a girl from the human side and a girl from the vampire side, kind of like uh, becoming acquainted and stuff. So like, yeah, so uh, it's got like a pretty interesting vibe going forward. It kind of reminds me a lot of like uh, mid two thousands like Bones or Gonzo shows in a sense, kind of like though dreary atmosphere those kind of shows would have. Like, I don't want to say, like, full Wolf's Rain, because I don't think it's that bleak, but it kind of reminds me of that in a sense. And, uh, Dub's pretty solid, too. So, yeah, I'm thinking uh, it so far. It's pretty cool. Cool. There are more sequels uh, this season, by the way. Who's watching more of a main warrior at the borderline? Not I. Nah, uh, nope. Nope. I haven't seen an episode of that since like the second episode before it even got dubbed. (laughs) As as I watched exactly one episode of the first season, saw it was uh, going pretty hard on the nationalism, and I was like, okay, maybe I can find another robot to watch. There's also uh, Build Divide Code White for anybody who remembers that first season. Nope. Uh, I, I remember, remember the... existing. Yeah. I just remembered, like, I, I remember the first episode of season one committed the, like, egregious sin for any card game show, which is not properly explaining how the game works. So, if you're not going to do that, why should I care? <laughs> yeah, okay. Eddie, what are you watching Day Day Live for? I'm not caught up on any Day to Lives past two so, no, but that one Dojin author lady is very cute. Fair enough. Also, apparently, they, uh, Josh Greeley had to step out for a week because they had, like, a stomach bug or something. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, hope they feel better soon. Yeah. All right, we have... Uh... 
Legend of the Galactic Heroes, the Noitessa, Season 3. Speaking of which, apparently there is an update in that Aaron Dismuke, as of this week, is back as Reinhardt. Yeah, uh, to which, uh, remember, Alex, you should always call it by a proper title, Legend of the Galactic Heroes. But, yeah, I'm not... I'm a couple of episodes behind that they're done, but, like, I'm enjoying season three so far. I mean, it's more Legend of the Galactic Heroes. It's, yeah, I mean, you don't need me to tell you it's good. It's, it's Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Also, season four is confirmed. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, season three and four were, like, confirmed together, so this is just, like, a continuation of that. But either way, I'm glad we're getting more. Okay. There was a third season of Magia Record. It is only four episodes long. All the episodes drop on the same day. I just... Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was specifically just to like, I guess, finish up the rest of season two. Because I think something. But they're calling there, it season remember. three. Uh, uh, Adipus, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I have no opinion one way or the other. <laughs> All right. What about the second season of um, Kaginado? You know, Isekai Quartet, but with key characters. I'm also not watching it, but hey, seems cool. Same. Okay. Uh, there's also Surme Rome Nove. Uh, so I haven't seen this, but uh, you know what? Shout out to Netflix and Splice Bread for. Uh, Getting back the Texas actors for this. That was honestly a pretty big job. Yeah, getting David Wall to star in a Netflix dub is fucking rad. Mm. Alright. And we have season two of The Demon Girl Next Door. Um, Haven't gotten to it yet, but hey, they're dubbing it. Dubbing it as of this week. Which I'm guessing this is why we're not going to get... Um, Kongming. Kongming. Uh, it's because right now, as far as I'm aware, there's still just three key directors at Sentai. John Swayze's doing Takagi, yeah. Shannon Reed's doing Executioner, and now Kyle Kobe Jones is doing Demon Girl Season 2. Oh yeah, there is Takagi. I totally forgot about that. Yep. Anyone? Yeah. Not caught up. Technically, that was last season, so fair game. Yeah. Well, I mean, find it for the dub, anyway. Yeah, 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 if I know. I mean, technically, we should talk about more Shaman King. Uh, I mean, I mean, I I do only want to hear who is, like, not up with that anyway. So, I mean, I mean, I so have problems with the pacing, but I'm so I mean, it's more Shaman King, so I'm so enjoying it, too, like, in up of a good, to an up of a degree, I guess. Here's a weird show. Yeah, <laughs> Onipon is a thing that exists. At first I thought this didn't have good animation, and then it busted out the Sakuga. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what is happening? Uh, it is Wit Studio, and apparently the CG person on this was a former Titan director. Oh, uh, that explains the, the parkour. <laughs> look, look, Wit Studio after 
Titan is still like the single most wow you got out of a bad breakup and yeah. you are just doing so much better than ever like what like watch a few episodes of the newest season of Titan and then put on a couple episodes of Ranking of Kings it's like wow you are way better without it yeah mm. Don't forget, they signed on to do Spy Family with Cloverworks. They did, and Spy Family has been like, I don't know, it, it seems it seems to be doing okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh. Onipon is about th- three Oni girls that are trying to improve the image of Oni with society. Because Oni exists in this world... And most people don't really care about them, but some of them still don't really like Oni. So they're trying their best to improve the public image of Oni one encounter at a time. Does it go well? Uh, debatable. <laughs> this seems they're, like a- they're, they're, uh, they're, they are three idiots, to be sure. And they also have magical underwear that allows them to turn into outfits of whatever they need at the time. Yeah. Gotcha. That sure is a thing. That's where the pond part of Oni Pond comes from. Here I was hoping they were going to open a bread shop. (laughs) 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 Only seen one episode. It's cute. You said bread shot there reminds me. I got a really good loaf of uh, blueberry banana bread today. Oh, nice. Very nice. Yeah. A- anyway, uh, I got to get some of that before bed. Anyway, uh, we also have Don't Hurt Me, My Healer. Here's another real weirdo. Yeah, this one sounds... I've heard this compared to like... Like a teasing thing, but it's also... I don't know. This one seems odd. No, it's not teasing. It's... <laughs> it's. How does one describe this show? Alright, so we start out with a guy going on adventuring. He decides to fight a bear creature. And in the middle of the fight, there's a healer girl who shows up and kind of interacts with him. And he stops his fight with the bear creature. And the bear's like, alright, that's cool. That's cool. I get it. So... Then they get into this whole conversation, and this girl basically guilts him into adventuring with her, and also puts a curse on him that if they don't stay close enough together, he'll die, and she's a really bad healing mage who uh, has a rotten attitude. And this guy is just, like, trying to deal with that. And also, the bear creature is actually very nice. And when they get, uh, when he gets beat up because the bear creature is uh, offended by something that he says at some point, uh, they, like, nurse them back to health at their cottage before they continue the journey. It's a very silly, silly show. Cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. And there's also I'm quitting heroing as I just put it here because I'm not writing the full title. I I I don't care about this one, but I'm glad I'm glad Sentai could at least take at least an extra 
light novel fantasy isekai thing or two away from the giant crunchy roll stockpile of like what eight yeah so, uh, yeah i did watch the first episode of this and um i mean uh basically it's of it was uh main uh was well, main character was like the hero he like defeated uh, a demon one and everything but like apparently every but you know like no one was grateful because apparently he caused too much collateral damage and whatnot, so... They're all scared of him. Yeah, yeah, they're all scared of him, so eventually he's like, uh, screw this, so, um... That, so he decides to go join the Evil Lords camp because he's hiring, and, like, that's supposed to be the whole jits a bit, but, uh, honestly, the jokes weren't all that funny, and... As I, and, as I, and, uh, the thing that kind of under told me, that kind of, uh, made me go nope was, uh... As I, as I was going down uh, the Demon Lawrence crew specifically, as I add some of the minions, one of one of them is like a one of them is like a underrated looking beast girl who uh, whose whole deal is wanting to marry the main character, and it's like yeah, yeah, they don't really bring that up after the first episode. But uh, yeah, I feel like this has a decent concept. Whether or not the execution is good is uh, <laughs> hard to say, uh, but. I, I think it had a promising enough start. It's, uh... I do like this concept that uh, the, the hero was so powerful, defeated the big bad demon lord, and the people are, like, naturally afraid of the hero now. And now the hero is ostracized. He doesn't really have anywhere to go, so he, he goes and tries to be a part of the demon army that he just vanquished. And naturally... The boss lady is like, no, absolutely not. I'm not I'm never going to work with you. But he manages to win over the generals and start kind of a trial period. And then the episodes after that, he's kind of working through problems that they're dealing with, with uh, trying to rebuild the army. I think uh-huh. it's a good concept, but a lot of episodes are kind of boring. I said, yeah, I said, yeah, that kind of the whole thing. Like, I can see, yeah, I can see this concept being like really funny if it was better executed. But like, at least for the first episode, it wasn't really groundbreaking. The the hero himself is charming enough, and I think that helps carry. Not that funny. Yeah. Okay, and then there's a couple of cuckoos. So um, I was, yeah. So I was, yeah. So I was interested in in this one mostly because of who the offer of this is. Uh, the offer being uh, the same one responsible for Yamada and the Seven Witches, which uh, I had some problems with the anime adaptation of that, and also like the back half of the manga. But the first half of the manga was really good, so. I'm certainly down for another romantic comedy from them. And I was expecting this to be like Yamada and the Seven Witches, but weirdly, it's kind of feels more like Nisekoi. This is a fucking wacky premise. And like if this if if this was going to be like Yamada and the Seven Witches, there'd be more guys involved. This is <laughs> how do I this feels like if I was to describe this premise to you, I would need my Rob Schneider voice. 
Uh, we don't have time for that, Andrew. We don't. All I'm going to say is this one's really wacky and contrived in a few ways, but I'm at least down for it. The dub definitely helps. I definitely do enjoy um, uh, Lindsay Shepard as Erica. I think that's Amelie as the other girl he's competing with. And Bryn mm-hmm. as his sister sister who's gonna realize blood isn't so th- as blood is just please don't <sighs> don't worry they're all adopted it, it's, hey Gianni plays the dad That's Gianni great. plays the dad Marissa Lenti's the mom and they have a great moment where they're like ex like thugs and now they run a restaurant and stuff and he has a dream sequence of like Erica kicking shit over and being they like run a, you punk. Near a diner, and then and then like the mom's like, "Oh, you go mouth off to me, you punk ass bitch!" And like, oh, this, this is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, this is like weird and wacky, but it is just it's one of those things that's like literally just so enough that it's like, okay, I'm there, whatever. I see several people talking to me about how terrible this one's gonna get, but you know what? I don't know. Some of those people who say that I don't trust their opinions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, okay. Look, as long as it doesn't go rent a girlfriend territory, we're good. Well, I think this runs in the same magazine, so. But, uh, is it, yeah, okay, yeah, too, yeah. I mean, I can at least say I trust the offer of this like slightly more than that. Fair so. enough. <laughs> okay. Uh, we also have the I'm on for all you uh, recipe cozy fans. Red fuckers. Uh, yeah, I did watch the first couple of episodes of this, and it was pretty cute. It's cute. Uh, so I don't know yeah, anything it, about uh, this one, so I'm just here. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, follows like uh, this kind of uh, middle aged dude. He. As I, uh, he struck out, uh, he struck out on his own to, like, form a band, but they broke up, so he, uh, so he decided, uh, he, he's like in his 20s. I, th- I, I kind of swore they said he was, like, 30, or, uh, yeah, I thought they said he was, like, in his 30s, or, like, early 30s, something along those lines. Oh, uh, so, uh, making me feel so, uh, but, uh, but he, uh, but, uh, he fine, but anyway, he decides to go home because he hears, like, his dad is sick. Uh, it turns out his dad is, like, actually not sick. Uh, but, like, his family, like, runs a Swedes bakery. And, uh, they're t- and uh, they're taking care of... And, uh, his parents are taking care of, like, this little girl who got, uh, like, abandoned by her dad for reasons we don't know yet. He's and a I, musician. So, yeah, so, yeah, so well, yeah, so well, the, yeah, so well, uh, the main character's there. Uh, his parents are like, you know what, like, we're barely... No, we're really busy, like, running this shop. So while you're here, you might as well, like, look after this kid. And so it's pretty much, like... That's so pretty much, like, dad, uh, surrogate, daughter kind of a deal that this was going for. And it was pretty cute so far. Which she totally doesn't want. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it, yeah, admittedly, okay, yeah. Admittedly, the only thing with this premise is the same thing that is always a problem with this premise after that show, which will not be named. <laughs> which is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and that, you, that, you know you have to uh, check and make sure this isn't going to go uh, that 
screwed. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's hopefully not. it doesn't, but, uh, I mean, the first two episodes were cute. Uh, then his ex-girlfriend shows up <laughs> and, and ends up moving into that town and finding a job there, which, you know, great dynamic there. Also, there's a high school girl that works at the shop that, uh, wants to be a musician and admires the guy because he used to be a musician and, uh probably like likes him also so you know all kinds of relationship nonsense but it's really cozy it's a very fun show cozy and teetering on the edge apparently (laughs) (laughs) you you just know that the whole missing dad thing is gonna turn into a whole thing eventually never add the e in daddy or, no, wait, wait. No, shit, I botched that joke. God, I'm too tired for this. Okay. We don't have time for jokes. We gotta run through all these other shows, like, uh, RPG Real Estate. Uh, God, in any other yeah, season, yep. I might be down for, like, a manga time Kiara cute girls doing cute things thing, but there's so many good comedies already that this just feels irrelevant. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's just similar it. but different to the dragon is house hunting. <laughs> they 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 do get kind of a fun fun like oh that's how it is situation in the first episode when uh, a girl shows up and is like I need a place to stay oh okay well look at all these places is like oh, okay so where are you working oh I didn't tell you I'm working for you guys. Hmm. I haven't seen past the first episode, but it cool. was cute. Yeah. Well, there's also uh, Detective Conan's next time slot neighbor, Love All Play. It's a so show about Batman, yeah, I think. It's about yeah, it's about Batman. Oh, oh, Batman. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, yeah Initially, I, yeah, I did watch the first episode of this, like when it premiered, and I thought it was fine, but like it's been a month, and I honestly don't remember a single thing that happened doesn't really stand out so much i probably one of the things that that it might set it apart a little bit is the guy is about to get a sports scholarship and his dad's like you can't get a sports scholarship what if you get hurt and there's this whole history about that but then his sister's like come on dad why don't you let him get it with the sports scholarship he's like no i won't let him do that so Rather convolutedly, the the kid is like, okay, I'm going to go play badminton there, but I'm not going to get on a sports scholarship. I'm going to get academic recommendation because that's easy. <laughs> and apparently uh, it uh, works out somehow. <laughs> so, oh, it's, oh, okay, yeah, I do vaguely remember this now. But yeah, I thought it was fine. But what a like, good older sister. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, I thought it was fine, but I thought it was... But I thought there were other sports shows. There are other good sports shows this season. Look, I and, mean, last season we had Salary Man. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah, and weirdly, yeah, and weirdly that pre- yeah, and weirdly this show's premise is also very similar to uh, another show we'll be talking about later. So, yeah, yes, <laughs> complete with a good older sibling looking out for their little brother. So it sounds like there wasn't a lot of love for this to go around. Ha. Eh. Uh, I'll probably watch a few more episodes. I I liked it well enough. 
what will end first, this basketball game or this show? Let's find out. Uh, next up, Fucking we have Beth. Healer Girl. Uh, you so, like musicals? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did really. watch first. I did watch the first episode of this one. I thought it was bad. I thought it was pretty bad, pretty chill. So, um, it takes place in a world where, like, um, that's uh, where some people have like, uh, have healing abilities, and the way they heal people is by singing. So, uh, the show follows like, I guess, like a trio of girls who are like apprentices learning how to like do healing with singing, and that's kind of like the whole. It's a bit. It's kind of. It's pretty uh, kind of slice of licey, but I thought it was. I thought it was kind of cute, and I very much enjoyed the fact that like, I very much enjoyed the fact that it kind of committed to being like an actual musical. That's so, so, like the, like there are definitely moments where it just kind of like start breaking out to the singing out of into singing at random, and that sort of thing amuses me. So it felt very like early Love Live in that respect. Okay. There's actual like singing, like random singing. It is literally <laughs> a musical. I don't care for that. It's certainly unique. Okay, and then there's this show, Skeleton Night in Another World. Uh, literally, I would say this show is big. Well. Okay, I mean, I'm sure this sh- probably does have other decent things going for it, but, like, the biggest claim to fame is Crunchyroll not knowing how to, you know, uh, properly oh, add a content warning for stuff. And the weirdest thing is, the rest of the show isn't like that. It's meant to be a comedy. Which, eh. I, I'm gonna be honest, I feel like, Joe, we had this discussion at one point about, like, past that, it's like a fine show... I almost think that's more frustrating and cynical that the tactic to get intrigue for your show is violent sexual assaults as a, like, intrigue conversation point. Yeah. I I, kind of think that's a... It it definitely doesn't need to be there. No, No, it does not. It really doesn't. Like, if it's, like, I I do believe people like it, and I do believe people saying it's funny and entertaining. I just think, wow, your first foot forward is pretty graphic sexual violence. Yeah. Not a good choice. That's a very poor... Very poor decision. And they keep slapping that disclaimer on every episode, but it's only really applied to the first one in graphic detail. Though, if you want to apply it to just, like, disturbing slaves getting mishandled moments, then, yeah, probably, like, three out of six. I mean, don't... I mean, I heard they flashback to that scene a couple of times... Also, which is like, why would you do that? Uh, It's the same thing that happened with Ayakashi Triangle. Like, bro, that chapter got banned for that page. And then the second chapter, which had nothing to do with that section, got banned because they flashbacked to that panel that got them banned. 
Not a good choice. And it's a, uh, it's a, yeah, and uh, now it is no longer running on the Viz. Now it's no longer on the Viz app because they moved it to Jump Plus and 7Cs picked it up. They're like, okay, cool. We don't have to deal with this anymore. Sheesh. Uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, remember those parts of Overlord where Eins pretends to be like the good guy soldier? Yeah, that's uh, that's this show. Only it's Ernest this time. He's a he's a very good boy, a bit of a himbo, and he just happens to have a skull face, so he can't really be in polite company. <laughs> so he pretends to be a holy knight and uh, has way way op magic, as you do. and ends up helping an elf girl free slaves. You know what, Iris? Cool. I yeah, I got and the elf girl is very hot. Also, there's a ninja girl. What's up with that? <laughs> sure. Anyway, skeleton. <laughs> sure, why not? Skeleton knight in another world. The it, opening is a, is a total banger, and it is sung by Pelic. Pelic, <laughs> yeah. I was very surprised by that. Good for him. Good for him. All right. Yeah. Now we have here. Uh, Something uh, demon. The greatest lord demon lord is reborn, reborn as a typical, typical nobody, nobody who cares. Yes. Uh, the greatest demon your... lord is reborn as a guy who doesn't understand social standards. <laughs> it can't make friends because he's a weirdo. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, you are making that sound marginally more interesting than it probably is. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, well, in comparison to Voldos, Boldigold, or whatever his Anos name was. Voldigold. Yeah, Anos Boldigold. He, that guy was like, he had it together, right? He knew, he knew he was a badass and he, and he was gonna, you know, do his thing. This, this guy, uh, he's more of a cinnamon roll. Uh, uh, yeah, see, okay, see, that kind of doesn't, see, that kind of doesn't work for me, because, like, the only reason, like, Misfit Academy worked is that Autos was Autos, and that kind of made him entertaining. Joe, I still remember you said you thought this was more interesting than Demon King Academy, and I remember saying, I don't fucking believe you. I remember that, too. I listened to that podcast. Is that still... Do you still believe that? Or do you... I'm curious. Uh, in all honesty, I probably haven't watched enough of either to be making <laughs> further comparisons. I think... I think I was... I think I felt more offended by that statement than, like, the conversations we had about Skeleton Knight. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I, I will say that I was more enthused with this show early on, but as it has continued, it's it's kind of gotten generic and not great. And I don't think I've actually seen past the fourth episode or so of the other one. So I okay okay I mean okay I mean uh, if this guy isn't like punching the god of time, then like what's the point? What are we doing <laughs> here, man? Is he even a dragon lady? Is he even a mama's boy? A little bit. A little bit is not the same as yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
We have three shows to go, and uh, basketball game's over. Warriors win 126-117. All right, now this, this is the isekai trash. (laughs) Yes, now we have here Trapped in a Dating Sim. I like this story a lot. I started with the anime. I went on to the manga. I'm up to date on the English release of the light novels. I love the story. It's stupid, but I love it. And the anime is very disappointing to me. Ooh, okay, do tell. Ooh. Uh, first of all... That being said, the dub is oh, quite Oh, the dub is doing the heavy lifting, for sure. The Japanese cast is also fine. Uh, but the dub is doing doing the heavy lifting here, because it is... It is heightening where it needs to. Very, very entertaining. So this guy, he ends up dying by falling down some stairs after getting exhausted from playing an Otome game, a really weird Otome game, for his sister who blackmailed him into doing it. So his sister's kind of a bitch. Uh, He's like deathly hungry. And he passes out as he gets on the stairs. He wakes up in a five-year-old body in the world of the Ultima game and realizes that he's now in this terrible game where women have so much power because uh, that's just the way the kingdom that he lives in operates. So in order to kind of screw with the nobles and keep them from gaining more power and following. They're put into a bad position where they're sometimes just nobles in status, but they're not really wealthy, and they have to give all their wealth to the kingdom. So it's a really hard life for a country noble. And this guy almost gets sold off to some 50-year-old woman to be her, like, seventh husband who she totally plans on having killed in the war so that she could get the pension and the, you know, the death benefits. But he manages to get to the Academy, and in this world, the Academy, because it's an Otome game, is intended to be where you find your marriage partner. And any young man who gets through the Academy and isn't hasn't found a wife by then is considered, like unsuitable to be married because he's clearly a failure in life yeah ridiculous right in he's in the special class instead of like the commoner class because he is a uh a baron at that point in his life and he knows enough information about this game to go find a cheat item so that he can make a lot of money so he can get into the academy so this fantasy world somehow has spaceships and flying normally they have like flying ships but this this guy finds a spaceship and a robot with a snarky ai who by the way is voiced by claptrap which is just fantastic and uh he somehow manages to take over the ship by (laughs) barely surviving the encounter and becomes the master of this ai who is does not like humans and thinks very lowly of his master. And this guy, he's snarky and definitely a jerk 
and doesn't take crap from anybody and will definitely get his revenge if you mess with him. So, he's likable in ways, but he's also just a jerk. And he doesn't want things to go out of uh, out of hand in the Otome game, so he's trying to make sure that the the relationships that are supposed to happen happen, but there's somebody else who's messing everything up some girl in the in the class who he doesn't recognize from the game has taken away all of the uh, protagonists of the game the girl who's supposed to be the saint she's uh, taken away all the encounters and all the love interests because she wants the reverse harem ending which is also something that that guy's sister wanted him to achieve and that's why he had to play the game so much and the game is so bad that when you get to the combat sections, yes, there's combat sections in the Otome game, uh, you basically have to cheat and pay to win because the game is so unbalanced and you can't win any otherwise. So he knows this, and that's why he got the cheat item. And now he's in the academy, and he bumps into the protagonist whose whole track is completely off because of things, and... He also bumps into the villainess who her whole deal is been sped up by the other person who's interfering and he really wants to not get involved because he just wants to be a mob. He just wants to be a side character and not deal with this stuff. But eventually he's just fed up with everything and gets involved and it gets increasingly ridiculous from there. <laughs> Uh, so, I did watch the first episode of this, and my, as I, I, I had, as I had two main impressions. First, like, okay, first it was, like, really obvious that the person who wrote this had just, like, not played a single Wotome game ever. <laughs> like, like, it, like, and it's just very clear. And it's like, and it's like, and it's like, and it's like no offense, and it's like, no offense to this guy, but it's like, if you're gonna make a premise about an Otome game, like, at least do the research, man. No, no, I think he, I think he does have a good grasp on what it's supposed uh, to be. The idea no, is that okay. it's a bad game. No, no, okay. So, so, sketch, sketch. Do you know what a straw man fallacy is? Eh. I feel like the things in this universe. Is like an author making a straw man fallacy on what he thinks, like what what he thinks Otome games or like a matriarchal society would be. When it's like, no, no, it wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like what he thinks Otome games are versus like what they actually are, which is not this. And and then yeah, and then yeah, the aforementioned like matriarchal society thing where. Okay, so where so where until the show doesn't so where until the show doesn't quite go in that direction past episode one, so maybe it is just like a weird quirk in the beginning that the author just maybe didn't quite think all the way through, but yeah, all the comments on that matriarchal society stuff does come off a little like eh. It also just like all the things that you have just described, I didn't even know about some of this. It sounds like the guy got bored with his original premise. <laughs> that could be the case. Uh, but the novel has gone on to ten volumes. 
Maybe a little too long, honestly. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But they do lean heavily into uh, how in this one kingdom, uh, women have all the power. So it's uh, it's real rough on guys who aren't nobility of high standards like the prince and his uh, four idiot compatriots who are all very high-level nobles. Like, they have a good life because all the girls want to hang out with them. But the country nobles, nah, they're... They're useless. We don't want to have tea parties with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt very much like that. It felt very much like you know, if you reverse the genders here, you might be saying something. Which I don't know. Maybe, maybe in some weird way, the author maybe is trying to make that point. But I feel like that's giving too much credit. I, I think that is giving too much credit from everything I've heard. It's just, uh... and I'll say this much: the uh, anime production is. It looks like okay. The re- the reason I didn't want to pick up this anime is it looks so fucking ugly. Yeah, it's unfortunate. The light novel art and the manga art's way nicer, and it's you know there's action sequences and they are not well animated. Like Kadokawa gave this to what is basically the uh... let's look at what NG has done, shall we? <coughs> Yeah, we don't need to go into this. The The production quality is the weakest thing about this, in my opinion. But it's a stupid story. I won't say otherwise. They did. I just really enjoy it. They did Detective is Already Dead. <laughs> Andrew! I, I really... Oh, okay. You know what? If you're going to go to the, the editor, like the, the editor listed worked on... Oh, gosh, what was that show? Excuse me. Okay, yeah, this one's gone way too long. This went on way too long. All look, right. Look at... Some of us have to be up in the morning for work. Uh, I didn't want to be mean to you, Sketch. I was, I was kind of crashing. It's all right. I know it's a stupid <sighs> show. The dub is good. And that's, that's all I was saying. Two more shows, then we can wrap it up. We have... This is the soccer show. Al Ashi. This one seems fun. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've, uh... I'm caught up on the dub for this one. I've, uh, been enjoying it. It's not... As I, I mean, it's not gonna set the world on fire, but it's like a nice, pleasant little soccer show. I know this one's gotten a considerable boost because of the anime, and you know what? Good, good, good for, good for them. Yeah, it's also, you know, a production IG sports show, so like mm-hmm. it's got a so it's like it's got a decent production going It's for got it. that pedigree, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So And we have saved the This for last. I don't even know what this is. In the heart of <laughs> Kunoichi Subaki. All I'm gonna say I... is I'm looking forward to the uh Shogi Takagi one instead. It sounds like I can skip Ninja Takagi. <laughs> uh, yeah, I she mean, feels I just... weird feelings whenever she thinks about men. Are there even any? Are there even any in this universe? Oh yeah, they bump it to the one in the first episode. Yeah, I know the joke. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen the show, but I know the joke is like it's supposed to be like all these Ninja Girls are like that. That I have like never been around men and like fantasize about what they think better like it's supposed to be like yeah. like oh, cr- like 
I thought men worked on Charlie Brown parent rules in this. <laughs> hey, there's another there's another show. Uh there's The Office Worker and the Adorable Ghost. Which is like Senko san meets Dragon Maid. What? What the fuck is Miss Sachiko and the Ghost Baby? What? What's a... Some crunchy roll. I I believe you, but oh oh I oh wow I am crashing now. Okay. <laughs> it's a cute show. And that's everything for the spring season. We got we got them. We did it. We've been on this. We started this call at 8 p.m. and it's now 10 minutes to midnight. I'm going to bed. I got a. I got a train to catch in the morning. So, yeah, that will do it. Sketch, thanks for joining in on the fun. Of course, thanks for having me. Yeah, enjoy the spring season. We will be, we, we will be back uh, if I can talk in a, a little while to talk about stuff, other stuff. But that will do it for this super long show we didn't make it to four hours thank god but that'll do it so thank you for listening to this edition of podcast so now we hope to come back next time for convention talk and other uh talk so until then charles barkley take that friggin dallas mavericks jersey off you hoser invest in him of stock good night everybody good night